The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. What's the problem with the U.S. Supreme Court? Everybody's saying, well, yeah, they, they ruled in favor of the Bakers. The Christian Bakers in Colorado, they ruled in favor. Yeah, yeah, barely. Uh, and it was a 7-2 to decision, which would seemingly be really, really good. Uh, but they, what they did was, again, just kick the can down the road and not, and not make a sweeping decision in religious liberty. It is unbelievable what's going on here. I don't, I don't understand. Do your job. Do your job, Supreme Court. I, you know, I'll never forget when John Roberts was nominated and, uh, and became Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court. I thought, wow, now, <laughs> now things are going to be, there's going to be some good rulings now. Uh, no. It's been at least as bad, if not worse. I mean, they've done some good things, but I, we've got the chance here with a slight, with a slight majority to really have an impact on society and really solidify liberty, including especially religious liberty right now, because that's under attack and they just won't fix it. They did rule in favor of the Colorado baker who refused to bake a cake to celebrate the marriage of a same-sex couple uh, because of his religious objection. And it was a 72 ruling. The court held that the Colorado Civil Rights Commission showed hostility toward the baker based on his religious beliefs. The ruling is a win for the baker himself, but it leaves unsettled the broader constitutional questions the case presented. The uh, ruling was written by Justice Anthony Kennedy, and it's not the wide-ranging, wide-ranging ruling on religious liberty that we hoped for. It's tailored just to this case, and they just the problem was the hostility toward the guy. So that's why you probably had Elena Kagan on board and Stephen Breyer on board, along with the you know four normally conservative judges and the one who's kind of either way uh justice kennedy and kennedy in fact tends to rule in favor of of homosexual rights no matter what the case is so it's interesting and i think the reason he ruled the way he did this time and and even wrote the ruling is because they only ruled about the hostility basically of the colorado civil rights commission that's what they ruled on not religious liberty so essentially that's what happened Left everything else up in the air. How can you? How can you do that? I don't. I don't understand what's going on. Because here's our problem. The problem is religious liberty is being perceived now, and it's it's being legislated in that you have the right to worship whatever way you want to, in the confines of your church or synagogue. Go ahead, do what you want. You can worship whoever you want. We don't care. Soon as you leave that building, though, eh, you're right. Pretty much, we're left behind inside that church or synagogue, at home, in your business, 
Um, anywhere outside of that building, yeah, that it, it doesn't apply to it. And if you think that's crazy, listen to what Debbie Wasserman Schultz uh, said about this very issue. That doesn't mean that churches and religious institutions uh, you know, have to conduct same-sex marriages. And it doesn't mean that religious institutions aren't able to practice their own values. Hmm. But in this country, we do not allow people to discriminate. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, where the, the important distinction needs sure. to be drawn. That's interesting. So just so that I is the distinction is more as it relates to churches and religious uh, groups. If you're a legitimate religious okay. institution, and mm-hmm. don't misunderstand my term legitimate, but if uh, you're a church, mm-hmm. if you're a church-affiliated, I church. mean by church, I mean synagogue, church. Right. right. If yeah, you're sure. a religiously affiliated, affiliated organization, organization, then you have wider latitude. So you hear what she's saying here? If you're a religious organization, you have certain rights. Like we won't force a church to perform. Like you can't go into a Catholic church, Baptist church, Mormon church and demand that they marry a same-sex couple. We won't put you through that. The organization is free from that. But as a an individual, sorry, you don't have any rights. None. As far as the religious freedom is concerned. In, in terms of the Constitution and the protections that, that mm-hmm. our you know, First Amendment provides. Sure. But, like you, you know, know, the law mm-hmm. that Mike Pence in Indiana tried to pass, yeah. um, which he, he had a massive it. backlash, just try. You know, clearly mm-hmm. would have gone far beyond that and allowed discrimination, uh, you know, widespread discrimination no. across the board no. that Americans find abhorrent and unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And that's- it's specifically... It specifically said you couldn't discriminate, as a matter of fact. So, I mean, she's just flat out lying here. Just flat out lying about the Indiana law. Why the backlash against that law was so oh, was gosh. so strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was followed in, in, in Arkansas as well. And mm-hmm. you know, I think Americans make a distinction between protecting, protecting the, 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 the First Amendment rights of uh, a religious, religious organization, organization or a religiously affiliated organization uh-huh. and being able and to discriminate broadly mm. simply because mm-hmm. of one individual who owns a business uh, and and their wow. own values and they're being able to impose those values on either their employees or their customers. Hmm. Okay. So <laughs> there's that. And if that wasn't enough, it was also solidified that same point of view. This is what the Demo- Democrats are doing right now. They are uh, isolating individuals and saying, you really don't have the right to practice your religion. Like if if a gay couple comes into your business, you got to do whatever they want you to do. Yeah, the First whatever. Amendment uh, only applies um, to an organization in inside the walls of a church or a synagogue. Right. I mean that that's what it was written for. In it's, fact, there might be a clause that we haven't seen yet. It's for a specific religion <laughs> or religious organization, not for the individual people. This is really dangerous. Mm-hmm. Really really bad playing with fire and tammy baldwin said essentially the same thing certainly um, the first amendment senator by the way from minnesota certainly the first amendment says that in uh institutions of faith uh that there is absolute uh power to um you know to observe uh, religious deeply held religious beliefs but i don't think it extends far beyond that we've oh, certainly seen the same set that. of arguments mm. play out in issues such Which, as yeah. access to contraception should mm-hmm. it be the individual pharmacist whose religious mm. beliefs guides whether a prescription is filled or in this Good um gosh, uh in this context uh-huh. um they're talking about 
about expanding this far beyond far, um, our um, churches and synagogues yeah, to, to, people to, and uh, business to businesses and individuals oh, across no. this country. Yeah, you can't do that. I think there are clear limits that have been limits. set in other contexts no. and that we ought to uh, abide uh, by those uh -huh. in this new context across America. Really? Should we? <laughs> she's from Wisconsin, by the way, not not Minnesota. She's a uh, she's the junior senator from from uh, Wisconsin. Um, also happens to be lesbian, so obviously she feels that way. But this is sweeping the Congress, and I don't know if it's infecting the U.S. Supreme Court or not. I, I don't know, uh, but it's frightening um, because. If you can't just take this easy, easy case and make a sweeping ruling on this, it's saying, hey, look, you no, you can't force somebody to violate their religious principles. No, you can't. The First Amendment calls for the practice of your religion as you see fit. It shall not be infringed. Um and and the uh the way this is being interpreted now is really frightening. I, I, I'm i not sure what's, I mean, if this is, how many times have we said in the last few weeks, this is not America anymore. Nothing's predictable. It's, it's just, the only thing that's predictable is that it gets worse every day. That's the only thing you can predict is that, well, tomorrow, something even worse is going to happen. I, five years ago, I would have never believed that you're, you're going to define religious liberty as what you do inside of church or synagogue, and that's it. Sorry, once you leave that building, forget about your religious liberty. Forget about it. You don't have any. There is no such thing as an individual's right to, to practice the dictates of his conscience. Well, that is outrageous. It is Soviet. That, the, the First Amendment guarantees religious freedom. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of a religion or, and this is the key phrase for us, prohibiting the free exercise thereof, period. That's the freedom of religion clause right there. No law. So Congress can't make an official religion. They can't say, all right, um, we're going to be a Catholic nation. They can't do that. So barring that, they can do a lot of other things. But they cannot prohibit the free exercise of our religion. I, there's nothing clearer than that. Except the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. I mean, that's pretty clear, too. And by the way, the Second Amendment protects all the other amendments. That's why the Second Amendment is there. To ensure that nobody can take the other amendments from us. And I, I mean, we are losing this amendment. We're losing the freedom of speech. We're losing the freedom of religion. Look what's been happening. And yes, I know still nobody's going to jail over this. Well, except for all the journalists that went to jail under Obama. Uh, more than all other presidents sent journalists to jail combined in the history of our nation. Uh, don't worry about that, though. That's no big deal. Ah, but you can lose your livelihood. And isn't that kind of crippling to a, a, an American's freedom of speech? If I if I know that I can't say certain things that are just my opinion, that aren't hurting anybody else, that aren't threatening anybody else, 
but there's a bunch of things I can't say or I will lose my job. Is that freedom of speech? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And now we've got this where the Supreme Court won't, won't fix this situation that our religious liberty is slipping away from us. And they just continue to kick the can down the road. They've done this two or three times in the last few years. Make a ruling, you cowards. This is do your job. I mean, was this a decent ruling in this particular case for this guy? Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't apply to anybody else. And it doesn't it doesn't really solidify our religious liberty in that we can practice it wherever we are, not just in the confines of our churches and synagogues. That's eh, dangerous. Speaking of the Constitution, if we ever had the need to understand what our founders believed, what they intended for the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, for all the amendments, uh, I've got a great book for you to read Mm. right now. It's called The Founder's Revolution, The Forgotten History and Principles of the Declaration of Independence by Michael S. Law. Father's Day is coming up, and this is another great gift idea for the history buff in your life. Um, you're going to love these things. Uh, it teaches you and your children some incredible principles about the Constitution. For instance, let's just look at Chapter 1, The Course of Human Events. talks about the political connections to England. Those are described, including ties with the Magna Carta. And a lot of kids are going to say, the what? <laughs> Yours won't. Read this book. They'll understand it. The English Bill of Rights of 1689. Introduction to why a separation from England was necessary. It introduces and explains the ideas of natural law and nature's God. Really important. Provides historical background of the physical separation from England that forged the political separation. Talks about the individual charters that provided political authority to the colonies. Just great stuff. Everything in the book is from the original source documents. Original sources are what we need today because those have not been tainted by progressivism. Original sources, and especially the words of our founders. So you're going to gain insight. Uh, Your kids are going to love this. Your father is going to love this. Perfect gift for dad. Go to your computer right now and type in thefoundersrevolutionbook.com. And pick up your copy on Amazon. The book has five stars. It's a great read. TheFoundersRevolutionBook.com Pat Gray. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Does this Colorado Baker ruling, does it have any effect at all on the Oregon bakers who lost their business and had to pay $137,000 to the lesbian couple that came in looking for a cake and couldn't go anywhere else, of course. They had to have a cake baked by that particular bakery. Had to have it. These Christians must conform to our will. Or we will drive them out of business. And they did. So does it help them at all? Nope. 
Doesn't mean anything to them because the ruling was essentially against the Colorado Civil Rights Commission because they showed hostility. (laughs) I mean, okay, I'm glad you at least noticed that, (laughs) but that doesn't do anything for anybody else. Plus, two employees of a bakery in northeast Portland were fired earlier this month for denying a black woman's service. Oh. Yeah. I mean, so they deserve... Well, except the business was closed. So, I guess after closing, if you're black, you get admittance anyway. Wow. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Isn't I that great? That. That's great, right? Huh. Not for whiteies. Whiteies no. don't have that privilege. But if you're black and the business is closed, but you want in anyway... Uh, you deserve to get in anyway. Wow, that is awesome. This is pretty hard to believe. Back to Eden Bakery. Released several public apologies and statements following the incident. Of course. Before letting the employees go. In one Facebook post, the bakery's co-owner wrote, We are doing business in a gentrified neighborhood in a racist city within a racist state of a racist country. Ooh, that's the owner of the company? (sighs) Yeah. Okay. Why don't you get out of this country then? Go go sell your stupid cupcakes in uh, China. Go sell your cupcakes in Singapore. Who cares? Uh, in one statement, Back to Eden Bakery says that according to its own surveillance video, a black woman named Lillian, who's well known in the area as a professional equality activist. There we go. There you go. <laughs> She's a professional equity activist. Great work if oh, you can get it. Okay. Uh, is there good money in that? <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up, honey? I want to be a professional equity activist. Oh, that is so admirable. Wow, that's uh, really wonderful. Are you ever going to be a pain in the hmm? rectum? Cupcake? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, she entered the bakery at 9.06 after the bakery's closing time. Well, then. Employees had also turned off the open sign, hmm. but several customers, and they were all white, Nuh-uh. who had already ordered, obviously, this happens every day at businesses all over America. Okay, you're serving the last few people. <clears throat> as soon as you're done, you're going to kick them out, but you can't let people in after closing because you would never close. So the sign's off. Okay. Um, she comes in. People are waiting on their order. Two other white women, by the way, who went to the bakery two minutes before Lillian. So they came in at 9.04. They got served. And obviously, they? Yeah. no, they were also informed that the business was closed for the night. I'm sorry? And they came in before she did. This is uh, what a miscarriage of justice. I mean... How does the owner think this is okay to fire these employees when they said no to the white women and no to the black women because they were closed? This world makes me sad. Uh, Is there something else to this that we're missing? The bakery says Lillian left the store briefly and began recording uh, video. Oh, yeah, of course. Bakery statement says that even though it does not consider the employees to be racist... And that they were following the business's protocol <laughs> of closing at nine, they were fired because sometimes impact outweighs intent. Stop w- it. What? Wait, what? 
Okay, I you talk about a, a lawsuit for being fired. Uh, this is the perfect setup for that. Bakery also says in the statement that the way the employees went about denying the woman's service lacked sensitivity and understanding of the racial implications at work. They shouldn't have to worry about racial implications at work. They're treating everybody the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- what kind of racial sensitivity should you show a black woman who shows up after the business is closed? Um, I'm sorry, ma'am, but, um, well, I guess we're open for black people now. So what would you like to order? Is that what they were supposed to do? We're open. I, I just told these two white women that, that we're closed, but for you, we're open. What would you like to have? <laughs> Could not then the white women have a case about uh, racism? Um, I think you answered your own question. What color are the other women? They're white. Okay. Yeah, so they, so got, they got no grounds for no anything. No grounds. They're all. just up a creek without a paddle. Mm-hmm. That's what they are. No cupcakes for you. Wow, does this this one really hacks me off. This is that is there's just no sense in that at all. We're done. There's no reason in Good this. Good night, America. That's not worth a cupcake to me. I mean, you're just you're just suspending every bit of logic and fairness in the name of equity <laughs> and equality and fairness. I mean, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. We're we're in an upside down opposite world now. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Let's go to Don in Florida. Don, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, Pat. How you doing? Good. Hey, I was just uh, on when, on your point about the the Bill of Rights mm-hmm. with the um, uh, you know the the religious freedom of individuals. It sounds to me that they're setting the stage for collectivism for the Bill of Rights and not individualism because. Yeah. The, the, we, you, and I know the Bill of Rights was 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 made for individual rights mm-hmm. by God. Versus now we've got this whole collectivism thing going, and it sets the stage so that for down the road, as we're kicking the can down the road, we know things are getting worse and worse and worse. I've read the book; the ending is not so good for these people. Yeah, I think you know, you're right. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just and um, you know, to me, it's just uh, just asinine especially with the with the bakery that you were just talking about it's just asinine yeah and it, it gets worse every day thanks don appreciate it um i they are setting up a, a collectivist mindset on the bill of rights because they're trying to do the same thing to the second amendment that there's no individual right to keep and bear arms that's for the militia that's for the military that's for other groups besides individuals individuals have no right to keep and bear arms they're trying to do the same thing with that. Pretty amazing. And and pretty frightening. <laughs> and again, we just got to stand up to this stuff. I, I'm not sure how you do that because we're slapped down every time we stand up. But we're going we're gonna to have to just ignore the cries of racism and homophobia and hate and all the stuff that they throw at us. And just say, I, I don't care what you say about me. I don't care what you call me. This isn't right. And and you can't admit a black woman at 9.06 when the business closed at 9. When you've also turned away two white women who got there before she did. Yeah. But also after closing, and they were also turned away. Now, you got you, you have a point if you allow the white women in and, and take their order. 
but then you say to the black woman, no, I'm sorry. Okay? But that's not what happened here. <laughs> it's not. They treated everybody equally. But you have a professional equity activist. Yeah, and at she's hand. not in the business to have the races viewed equally. Right. She's in there to stir up trouble. And I don't know if she walked in there at 906 on purpose. Specifically, yeah, on purpose Probably. to set them up. Probably. But it sure feels like that because sure I don't does. know what good she's doing here. And and the owner is Ugh, yeah. brain dead. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety-three. with your calls and your thoughts on Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, Knight. This is one of the most amazing stories I think we've ever had. This bakery closed, this closed bakery <laughs> closed at 9 o'clock. Okay. At 9.06, a black woman walks in. Uh, I'm sorry, ma'am, we're closed. Yeah, there's other white people in here. Yeah, they were here before closing and we're just finishing up their order. By the way, two white women were in before you at 9.04. We were closed then, and we told them the same thing. We're closed. Sorry. But wait, I'm black. I know. Yeah. Okay, well, then come on in and uh, take whatever you want, and you can have it for free. <laughs> I, that's what you're supposed to do, I guess. Would they I, have made a gay wedding cake, <clears throat> though? It really complicated the whole story there. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so the employees are fired for, I don't know, doing what they were supposed to do, what they were paid to do. Just a crazy statement from the owner. The owner of this bakery is a lunatic. There you go. Well said. <laughs> they were fired despite the fact that they, they didn't do anything racist, he admits. And they were following the business's protocol by closing at nine, he admits. But they were fired because sometimes impact outweighs intent. No, no. What are you talking about? I, I mean, how do you how do you survive this kind of lunacy? If you if you can't even tell a person that comes in after closing that you're closed and you can't serve them, well, no business no business would be able to close as long as minorities are coming in. I mean, geez. All right, we uh, we open at 8, and then we close when the last minority has decided they don't want to come in anymore. Yeah, this is going to be a problem for Starbucks. Are they ever going to close? No, I don't know. Ooh, boy, I don't know. That's risky right now, <laughs> especially in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> Every stinking business should be uh, baffled by this. Yeah, okay, so now we have to serve minorities after closing time? Yes. <sighs> you can never go home. And we didn't serve the white people, and we didn't serve the black person. So we treated them equally. So there's no racism there. I don't want... However, we should have been ultra-sensitive to the black person because the black person might have thought we were acting racist, so 
we have to then stay open and give her what she wants. Precisely. You're getting it now. I'm this getting is it. called America. Yeah. Well, it's welcome. Uh, it's uh, hmm? it's not the America we know. That's the problem. America. We used to know. We're knowing it now. <sighs> Man, I just this is just crazy. Happy Monday. Let me give you a good story though. Promising young professional soccer player turned down an opportunity to play for the U.S. women's national team last year because she wouldn't wear the team's LGBTQIA Pride Month jersey. Uh, Jaylene Hinkle, 25-year-old defender who currently plays for the North Carolina Courage, cited her Christian faith as the reason for turning down a call-up many players only dream of. You can't be doing that. You That's amazing. You can't be citing your religion. What a hater. Hinkle uh, made what was, at the time, a shocking decision last June to withdraw from the national team and said the team's LGBTQIA Pride Month celebration led to her decision. When she announced the decision, she just simply said she was withdrawing for personal reasons. Good job, because otherwise uh, the hatred would have been unleashed on her. Fortunately, she's... She, yeah. I think she's African American. So right? she's got some insulation. So you there. got yes, okay. you have some protection. <laughs> if you're a white person and you do this, forget it. All bets are off, and you'll be drummed out of business. But there was still speculation, even then, that her faith and opposition to the pride jersey was was the reason. She finally confirmed it. Uh, that that's why she withdrew from the team in an interview with the 700 Club last week. <clears throat> Hinkle had played for the national team several times before. However, her, since her decision to refuse last year's call-up, she's been given no further opportunities, of course. Because, well, you can't have a hater on the team. No. Right? Nope. Um, she told the 700 Club that she felt God led her to make the decision, but she was conflicted Whoa. because playing for the national team was a lifelong dream. Obviously. <clears throat> I just felt so convicted in my spirit that it wasn't my job to wear this jersey. Why why is it the job of the US women's national team to wear an LGBTQ jersey? Why? Over the weekend, Ireland did the same thing. Oh, did they? Their their soccer team had uh green jerseys with uh rainbow colored uh, numbers on it. <sighs> I mean, it's everywhere. <laughs> so anyhow, Hinkle says, and I gave myself 3 days to just seek and pray and determine what he was asking me to do in this situation. I'm essentially giving up the the one dream little girls dream about their entire life, and I'm saying, no. It was very disappointing. After her faith-based reasons became public, of course, she was booed at a Wednesday night match against the Portland Thorns. A fan brought a rainbow-colored sign that read, personal reasons mocking Hinkle's decision. She said she knew she was putting at risk um, her career by following what she believes was God's instruction, and uh, she's come to terms with that. She knows she's going to get flack for this. If I never get a national team call-up again, that's just part of his plan, and that's okay. And maybe this was why you were meant to play soccer, just to show others, show other believers uh, they should be obedient. Wow. Wow. So it's okay to have to make a personal stand mm-hmm. and have your own reasons for doing something or not doing something, but only if it falls on the left side of the political spectrum? Yes. Kind of, okay. Yes. Like if you were protesting uh, 
the national anthem. Why, that'd be fine. We, nobody would boo you for that. At least not on this soccer team, probably. Mm-hmm. The national team probably praise you. Wow, how brave. How That's really courageous. Wow. So bold of you to choose that. But if it's about your belief uh, in the Bible, and that's why you turn down the national team because you don't want to wear the LGBTQ jersey, mm-hmm. why then you're a hateful person and we don't want anything to do with you. Isn't this female soccer player's stance, that's really the bold stance now because it's now the minority opinion. Okay, so right. those that are wearing it, that's the majority opinion. I mean, mm-hmm. look, I mean... The entire team, save her, are obviously going to wear it. They're fine. Mm-hmm. So it's no longer being bold or taking a stand by wearing this jersey or by waving a rainbow-colored flag. Yeah. She's the one that's... that's um, the rebel. The rebel here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> for sure. It'll never be perceived that way, but uh-huh. that's obviously the bold choice. I mean, it's a, it's the you're going against the grain. You're going against uh, what the culture says you should be doing and uh it's it's amazing that again and it ties into the supreme court decision it's you know you cannot you cannot not support and promote the gay agenda anymore if you if you are going against the stream of of where this is headed you're going to be excoriated you're going to be scorned you're going to be booed. You're not going to be uh, put on the national team. You know, she, who knows? She might get booted off her professional team. I don't know. Hmm. And then you've got the Supreme Court who won't take a stand on any of this. Just, it's ridiculous. Now, California has banned state officials traveling to Oklahoma because of Oklahoma's uh, recent gay policy california on friday announced a ban on state-funded and state-sponsored travel to oklahoma in response to that state's controversial lgbtq adoption bill california taxpayers are taking a stand against bigotry Mm. and in support of those who would be harmed by this prejudiced policy I would think uh, Oklahomans would be breathing a sigh of relief. Less Californians are coming here? Good. Uh Good. (laughs) Under the 2017 California law, the state's attorney general is required to keep a list of all states uh, subject to a travel ban because of laws that authorize or require discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression. Wait, California's got like a... Like a... Like a... Enemies list? Uh, apparently. In this guy's office? He's like, uh-huh. wait a minute, hold on. Before we approve this uh, business trip... Nope, Oklahoma nope, you can't is... Go to Oklahoma. Nope, sorry about that. Mm-mm. Uh, and the law that that uh, Californians object to is the Oklahoma law passed last month that allows adoption and foster care agencies to reject same-sex couples on religious grounds. What? On religious grounds? See now. <sighs> So wait a minute, like if a Catholic mm. adoption agency um, says it's against our religion mm-hmm. to adopt children into gay into families, a, yeah, then <laughs> so they that's can do protected that. protected in Oklahoma. Protected. 
mm-hmm. and California is like, whoa, 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 you can't be making autonomous choices, even if it's based on religion that's protected by the First Amendment of the United States. You're not going to Oklahoma, y'all. So all of that business travel between California state officials and Oklahoma state officials is off now. Yeah. And you got to believe that was a ton of business going sure. on between the two states. Yeah. And, and California, I got news for you. <laughs> You're in so much debt, you shouldn't be traveling anywhere, anywhere. on state business. That's for sure. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> just this world. California's going to, I mean, they might as well just form their own union. They're so bizarre and so weird and so... Of course, I, I don't know if they're against American values anymore or not. They they seem to be, uh, the values that the country is adopting seem to be falling in line with California's now. Oh, yeah. We've got um, tons of California stuff in the news today that hopefully we can get yeah, to. Yeah, what was the other California thing? Oh, it's the, oh, was... well, there's a couple of them over there. One of them is the water situation where oh, you're basically water. limited to 55 <laughs> gallons a day coming up starting in 2020. So and... if, if you do a load of laundry mm-hmm. and take a shower, yeah. you're over the limit. Pretty much. If those are the California. average, yep, those are the average uh, sizes on those. Uh, and then it's going to get worse. I mean, it, by 2030, you'll be down to 50 gallons. They're going to scale it back every five years oh from gosh. 55 gallons, 52 and a half, until by 2030, you're going to be at 50 gallons per person in the state of California water you can use every day. So what about watering your lawn? None of that? Well, there's, Are all um, lawns going to burn up? Yeah, so there's exemptions, though. Um, for uh, It's very creepy how they're enforcing this. but um, Can't take a shower anymore? Yeah, I mean, you sponge sponge yourself off every day. Boy. You just get a wet sponge and just wipe yourself down, and then uh, your laundry. Eh, it's it's going to be exemptions. go beat it on rocks yeah. down at the river, yeah, right? Uh huh. But if you have a swimming pool or a spa <laughs> or or a fountain and stuff, there's exemptions oh, for that, man. but not for bathing. In fact, there's a story over there that's got like, uh, like the average um, size bathtub can hold like. I don't know. It's over there, 80 to 100 gallons or something like that. I mm-hmm. mean, there's no more baths. I mean, can you imagine working with Jeffy in California? Go, oh, man. This thing goes into oh, effect. Oh, jeez. Well, I can't imagine working with him in Texas. Uh-huh. So uh, I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> um, I <laughs> just unbelievable. Goodbye, California. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. 3393 We've got more insanity uh, than you could probably handle. <laughs> Coming up today. Plus, we're going to throw in some good news as well along the way. Um, Let me tell you about a great product that I've been using for months now, and I love it. It's called Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. Uh, Finally gave it a shot, and uh, it just gives me more energy. I just feel better during the course of the day. Keeps my hunger at bay while I'm at work. Every scoop of Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition gives you a a full serving of organic fruits and vegetables. Prebiotic, probiotic. Boosts your immune system, has antioxidant power, and it's not extracted. It's actual real food. Take one scoop and put it into eight ounces of water. It flavors it, makes it taste like Kool-Aid. It's really good. Or you can put it into a um, shake or a smoothie. Really easy. It tastes great. And it's just going to make you healthier. This is a way, if you don't like vegetables, to get your vegetables every single day. Go to BrickHousePat.com, try Field of Greens, and get 10% off a month's supply when you use the offer code PAT. BrickHousePat.com, that's BrickHousePat.com. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.
888-900-3393 and at Pat Unleashed on Twitter, GD Chapel. It says, Jeffy should host a seminar on coping with being refused service after closing or before closing in, in his particular case. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they see Jeffy coming from a long way away. <laughs> Plenty of time to lock the door. But GD says no one else, no one has more experience. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, from Mike Hermanet. As currently reported, unless contrary evidence arises to show the bakery employees treated the black activist indecently, then I hope those fired employees sue the hell out of that bakery. Me too. Mm-hmm. I, I, they, they, you have to. <laughs> because that, that is, you talk about a wrongful dismissal. Uh, DMX DM? Oh, I can't wait to see what Congress thinks is legitimate religion. Mm. <laughs> and Swank Think? The Bill of Rights isn't for organizations. They're called individual rights for a reason. We don't have any anymore, though. Uh, According to uh, our legislative branch and our judicial branch won't do anything about it. So we just keep slipping further and further into this abyss. Yeah, and when you say that, the legislative and judicial branch won't do anything about it, the the thought occurs to me, oh, Article 5, we need a convention of states. And then I thought, Mm. no, wait. We have the First Amendment. It's just being completely ignored. Mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. oh, bad things, Pat. Just being obliterated. I mean, you. how do you mistake this? Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. That doesn't say that you have the right to exercise your religion in the confines of your church building and your synagogue. There's no restriction like that. There is no such restriction on religious liberty. Now, this California situation with the water, if you live in California, I don't know what you're going to do as far Mm -hmm. as water rights are concerned. Governor Jerry Brown is finally retiring, but not before he passes a few ridiculous draconian laws as parting gifts. Two bills were signed into law. Thursday last week to, quote, help California be better prepared for future droughts and the effects of climate change, unquote. That's wonderful. Oh, you know your policy is going to be good <clears throat> if it starts off justifying it through that. Yep. Uh, Assembly Bill 1668. This establishes limits on indoor water usage for every person in California and the amount allowed will decrease even further over the next 12 years. As uh, Keith mentioned, the bill, until January 2025, would establish 55 gallons per per capita, so per person daily, 55 gallons a day as the standard. Uh, Beginning January 1st, 2025, that would establish the greater of 52.5 gallons per capita daily or a standard recommended by the department and the board as the standard for indoor residential water use. In 2030, it would be 50 gallons. So it just goes down Mm -hmm. every five years. Now, uh, if you're wondering what you can do for 55 gallons a day, you can take an eight-minute shower, uses 17 gallons of water. A load of laundry uses 40 gallons of water. So you can't shower and do laundry on the same day. (laughs) That's 57 gallons right there. You're over the 55-gallon limit immediately. 
A bathtub holds 80 to 100 gallons of water, so a bath is definitely out. A dishwasher uses six gallons of water. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so hopefully you've got a water source near you where you can take all your clothes and beat them on a rock, you know, and uh, and just do your laundry in a lake or a pond. Well, yeah, but then that becomes under the jurisdiction of like uh, the uh, United Nations or something. That's right, because uh, you're putting detergents in there. Navigable Soaps. Water Act or Can't something. Can't have that. <laughs> uh, there will be provisions for swimming pools, spas, and other water features. Of course, this is California. you got to have like... Water fountains? Yeah, those are much more practical than, <laughs> I don't know, showers. And <laughs> a shower. <sighs> the stringent uh, measures set a dangerous precedent for the rest of the country. There could be a shortage of food coming out of California because there's not enough water to produce it. The food we do get from California will cost more. Mm. You know, how much of our food comes from? A lot. A lot of our food comes from California. Mm-hmm. They grow strawberries and oranges and... You know, everything comes up. Raisins, grapes. Uh, I think, I I don't remember the exact figure, but it's a lot. A lot of our agriculture comes from California. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, that will go up. You know, it's almost as if California should have built some reservoirs over the last, I don't know, 40 years. But they won't. What what do reservoirs do, Pat? They hold large... Uh, quantities of water. Do they? Yeah, yeah. So you'd have them in this reserve or reservoir. Oh. And then when you need the water, it comes out of there. But you know what they do instead is they let all their water run out to the sea because they won't build any reservoirs. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, so. They um, don't have a lot of foresight there in California. No, they, they really don't. So that's why they're in such a precarious situation. In Texas, we have what we call reservoirs, uh, and they're all over towns. You see them everywhere. Yeah, we got a lot of um, large man-made lakes here. Yes, we do. And so what we do is... (laughs) Above-ground lakes. Right. We can not only drink from them, Mm -hmm. but we also use Mm -hmm. them for recreation. Yeah. It's like a dual purpose. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that... (laughs) That we still have water in Texas, and we haven't had to resort to this. And I don't know, Texas in some areas, and it's sometimes, it's a lot drier than California. Mm-hmm. Yet we have these strange reservoirs, these newfangled things that, uh, and are they, are they beautiful? Uh, no, but they're necessary. And then cities use them as little promotional items where they where they put the name of the high schools on them and stuff and so you know hey there's there's the south lake dragons and you say what so i must be in south lake now because there's the oh you're talking about like the water tower the water tower i got you yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. we got those Mm -hmm. too Mm -hmm. yeah what is Mm -hmm. what is california's problem um they're stupid that is really dumb and meanwhile they're 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 given what Medicaid benefits to illegal aliens now? Is that a problem? I mean, that's a... Yeah, that's... they just voted. We'll, we'll talk about this in a second. <laughs> state Assembly has voted to remove the legal residency requirement for participation in the state's Medicaid program. And nobody can afford that more than California because they're in great shape to be given benefits to people who aren't even citizens. 
Isn't that that's wonderful? This half hour of the Pat Gray Unleashed program brought to you by California Sucking. In so many ways. Boy, they've gone out of their way to just get in the news this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, they really have. Triple eight, nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three. Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome. Thank you for being here as well. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. We're talking about the California situation. Uh, it's, I mean, they're they're in perfect shape. It's really smart that the California State Assembly just voted to remove the legal residency requirements for participation in the state's Medicaid program. It's the California version known as uh, Medi-Cal as opposed to the federal Medicaid, because if anybody can afford it, it's California. I think we all recognize that, right? I mean, they're only $427 billion in debt. That's not bad. (laughs) They're only spending $573 billion. So, I mean, if anyone can afford this, it is uh, California. I mean, seriously, get it together and then worry about stuff like that. Mm. It's just crazy to me. It's hard to understand any of this. But uh, California's situation is really amazing because they just keep making it worse. Now you're going to extend benefits, health benefits, to people who are not citizens of not just your state, not even the country. And you're okay with that? (laughs) The bill passed the Democrat-controlled Assembly 3321 last Wednesday. Proposal eliminates legal residency requirements. Uh, And the state has already nixed the requirement for individuals younger than 19. (laughs) Just keeps getting better for them. Offering full-cost coverage would cost the state $3 billion for this coming year, according to the uh, analysis that the legislative office did. $3 billion, that's nothing. When you're $427 billion in debt, that's another $3 billion among friends. That's nothing. And yes, there was a time when $3 billion was real money, but that time is long past. Well, tell us a story. What do you mean? Really? Oh yeah, back in the day, you could you could buy a couple of different things and still maybe have some change left over from your 3 billion dollar bill. Uh-uh. Not anymore. Uh-huh. Not anymore. I don't believe you. So, uh so they they have uh taken care of illegal aliens. Um they have banned travel to Oklahoma because Oklahoma passed a bill they didn't like. I mean, jeez. What can we do to keep California from sending <clears throat> people to Texas? Oh. Oh, we've got guns here. We California. need to. We need to erect a wall between us and California because I was just looking at the population, which is 39 million. It was 44 million just a few years ago, last time I 
checked oh, out. Oh. So they lot, they're hemorrhaging population, oh. which is really bad for yeah. Texas. <laughs> it's bad for Utah. It's bad for Idaho, yes. Oregon, Washington, Colorado. Because <laughs> people with their stupid mindset come in and, and start uh, mm-hmm. changing the states that they just moved to. Oh, that's a blue wave. It's the blue wave. Mm-hmm. That's where the blue wave's coming from. It's it's California it's exiles. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, and they it was they who ruined Washington and Oregon in the first place. So, yeah, and bring us your water restrictions, too. Why don't you uh, start voting out uh, municipalities creating water reservoirs so you don't have any water, and then you have to restrict water usage uh, to 55 gallons per person per day. So you can't take a shower and do your laundry in the same day. Well, I mean, do you need to do both of those? I mean... Well, I can't imagine a scenario where that would happen. Seriously, if you've got clean clothes, why do you need a clean body? Right. You know, if you've got a clean body, why do you need clean clothes? Yeah, I mean, what are you, don't. like some sort of clean elitist? Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty, you know, yeah. pretty soon you've got enough cleanliness going on. Mm-hmm. You don't need Some that. Sometimes you get too much cleanliness. Yeah, you spread the cleanliness and around. Then, and then you've killed all the bacteria on your body, and you can't fight off any infections. And that's so California's got the right idea. This mm-hmm. is good. This is really good. So we have all of that madness, uh, plus the Supreme Court ruling. But they did they did rule in favor of the Colorado Baker in the same-sex wedding cake case. But only in that case. So the larger question of religious liberty, they did nothing for it. I, I don't know why they won't finally make a ruling on this. What are they waiting for? What is John Roberts waiting for? He is the chief justice of the Supreme Court. I thought the guy, you know, a Bush appointee. Can you do something here on behalf of the country and uh, constitutional principles? Can we, especially this one. Especially religious liberty. But no. In the 7-2 uh, to decision... In this particular case, which was basically just a ruling against the Colorado Civil Rights Commission, the only two that voted um, against it were Ginsburg and Sotomayor. Elena Kagan was with the majority, which is amazing, as was Stephen Breyer, uh, which is uh, pretty incredible. But I'm guessing the only reason was, was because this was just a very narrow ruling on this particular case and not the broader religious liberty issue. But you got to believe, we'd st- conservatism... The Constitution would still win out with the justices uh, the way they are now. We have a four to four tie with Kennedy, the swing vote. And uh, if you can't vote for religious liberty in this country and rule on that as the U.S. Supreme Court, well, then we're probably done as a nation. I mean, isn't this our most basic fundamental principle? Isn't this the reason um, the pilgrims came to this uh, this land? Think I'm, so. I mean, if you're a Supreme Court justice, just point back to an amendment that answered does the does the argument for you. <laughs> you don't have to worry about case law. You don't have to worry about international law. Can we start it? Just say, look, the First Amendment protects this. Next issue on the docket. Let's go. Next case. So easy. It should be so very easy. Uh, but sadly, it, it just isn't. Uh, all right. 888 Also, uh, Rudy Giuliani is uh, 
I, I don't know if he's doing more harm than good or more good than harm, but he's out uh, talking about the president and the fact that he can, he can, uh, he can even exempt himself. Right, pardon himself, huh? Yes, he can. He can pardon himself, huh. which I've never heard of before. But a lot of people are saying. Some of the experts I've heard have said, yeah, he's, pro- he's probably right. He probably can do that. Wow. And now the president has said it as well. He tweeted out that he could pardon himself, but he doesn't need to because yeah. he hasn't done anything why wrong. Why would you even bring that up as a... That's what I don't know. That's why this Giuliani stuff, although he's lasted longer than I thought he would. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. I mean, he's making the weirdest statements. Um, this is a fun time to live in, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, isn't it though? <laughs> and then... He was on with uh, George Snuffleupagus on ABC, and they were talking about the shifting story <laughs> on the letter, uh, on the Russian letter, and what, what the involvement was of the president. Because initially we were told that the president had nothing to do with that letter. Then we were told, yeah, he was you know, just generally there and had some input, but he didn't, uh, he didn't dictate the, the letter. And then we're told, yeah, he dictated the letter. Oh, wait. So <laughs> here's George Stephanopoulos asking Giuliani about that. And a lot of people look at one of the, at the president's shifting explanations, White House shifting explanations for what happened in that meeting at the Trump Tower back in June of 2016 with Don Jr. Uh, I remember when, when this was first reported, uh, Jay Sekulow was on my program, so the president had nothing at all hmm. to do with that letter. Later, Sarah Sanders said, well, wait, he, he sort of weighed in, but he didn't dictate it. And now this letter from the president's lawyers say very, very clearly he dictated <laughs> the statement. How do you explain those shifting explanations? Uh, happened to me uh, with the whole situation of hmm. repaying uh, uh, the money that was laid out by Cohen. Uh, hmm. When I first... Uh, when the first president first talked about it, nobody focused on it. Nobody thought about it. That was a very busy time. And then when we got on board, we, we, I went through everything. Uh, it was the only change we had to make. At that point, this other change had been made. When you consider the big scope of this narrative, it's four or five changes. complicated thing. The president was there. He was dealing well, with the letter. At first, it was all denied. And now you're saying he dictated. But I, I don't know that Jay, uh, Jay would have to answer that. And I, I've talked to him about it. I think Jay was wrong. I mean, this is, this is the reason you don't let the president testify. Uh, if you know, because of shifting, every, our recollection keeps changing, or mm. we're not even asked a question, and uh-huh. somebody makes an assumption. Okay. In my case, I made an assumption. Then I then then we corrected, mm. and I got it right out as soon as soon as as soon as it happened. I think that's what happened here. Wow, I mean, these don't seem like they would have been reasonable explanations a few years ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we get we just have shifting. Recollections. They are setting traps for themselves. So you're not lying, but you do have shifting explanations. Hmm. Okay. We shouldn't hear a different story from three different people in the administration. Either the president was part of the drafting of this thing, or he wasn't. Which is it? And how do you ever trust what comes out of this administration? I don't understand. Uh, it's it's kind of strange. Kind Giuliani doesn't seem to mind the fact that there's a lot of conflicting information. Yeah, he's fine with that. Huh. All right. He must pay well to be on that staff. Because... I don't know. This is... I just... I mean, don't make it more difficult to defend yourself. (laughs) It seems like that's what they're doing. Which is why I thought he'd be gone. Because he just keeps doing this. Right. It's like... Tell you what, guys. We're going to make it more difficult this week. 
here's what's going to happen. Rudy's going to go out and he's going to say this, and it's going to be awesome. It's mm-hmm. going to be a fun week of challenges. I mean, just... Uh, we're, we're, we, we didn't say different things. We just had shifting explanations. That, you know, we have alternate memories. If, honestly, if this were Obama... We would be mocking oh, that, that line. We'd be, gosh. We would open the show with, well, we're going to uh, give you some rundown on some stories today, but they might change from the beginning of the show to the end with our shifting explanations. <laughs> well, they did have shifting explanations. Right? And we called them lies at the right. time. <laughs> we called them lies. <laughs> oh, no, wait. No, yeah. So now we're calling them shifting explanations. Though. Yes, but now they're shifting yeah, explanations. So. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to call it a lie because mm-hmm. that, that would be insulting of the... Of the uh, mm-hmm. It just depends you know. on who's in power mm-hmm. based on yes, what kind does. of defin- what, what, what words we're going to use. Yes, it does. So just pay attention now. And so when and, you're doing that, mm-hmm. you've abandoned your principles. <gasps> what? That's what no, that's called. that's yeah. hasty, Keith. Oh. That's, that's too harsh. Sorry. 888-900-3393. Uh, join now by... Brad Staggs. Hi, Brad. Or as I like to think of myself, the opening act for Jeffy coming up with Chewing the Fat. Wow. Oh, nice. You okay. Know. I mean, somebody has to come in here and warm up his couch. He insists on his seat being warmed. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. He Which actually, to me is icky. <clears throat> that is icky. It is kind of icky. It's a little behind the scenes that I, Brad just yeah. unveiled for us. I mean, you know, the there have been stories about people around this place who've, you know, had I, to have butt I don't pads want, warming. I don't want your warm butt stuff on, on uh, the nobody, seat where I'm about to you sit. Know, nobody really wants anybody's warm butt but stuff. stuff I, on, I, I dumped no, coffee uh, right there uh, last week um, during the morning blaze. Is that why it's moist? Uh, no, I'd say, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, I flipped it over because <laughs> I figured, look, no one's going to see it. Well, not only did you flip it over, but you put the zipper in the front. Okay. I did notice oh, that yeah, you did. earlier oh, today. Oh, whoops. That's, I've been found out. <laughs> that is how mm. observant I am as wow. I was sitting actually where Pat was. Uh-huh. And I thought, huh. wonder why the zipper's on the front. And now you know. And, now you know. And one cushion is so not stained, and the other one is. Uh, but the I, couch has seen better days. I it, mean, and I'm guessing they were in the 30s. Well, I was going to say, well, what decade were its good days? Does it sag where you sit now? Because Jeffy's does, been doing know, that does, segment for a while. I, it does feel a little, uh-huh. there's not much spring left to it. Uh-uh. Uh, so how do I top all of this? Right. <clears throat> well, let's go back to the, um, the medieval days, the early days of uh, publishing. Hmm. Did you know that earwax was a component of printer's ink? Now, how does that, what? Right? How, how do they do yes. that? I, I, I'm not kidding. Like, like, who was the first person to go, tell you what, let's print up the, hey, that Gutenberg thing, have we dumped any earwax in it yet? The same guy who saw the, the, the egg come out of the chicken and said, <laughs> let's eat that. That's the same guy that used that decided to use earwax as a component. How about the first guy that looked at a lobster and thought, mmm, that looks delicious. Mm. And there's just Come a, on. a few that stumbling was... blocks. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> we just got to get past the claws. Boil some water. I'm convinced <laughs> it'll be good. Uh, in medieval times... Um, Earwax and other substances. Anybody want to take a guess as to the other substances? Fecal matter? No, actually, not okay. that. Dis- what are you? That is nasty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Urine. Uh, <laughs> what? Well, it's not as nasty as. Uh-huh. So uh, they were used as uh, as pigments. They help prepare the pigments uh, as uh, as these scribes used to uh, illustrate these uh, illuminated manuscripts. So you see, earwax has a long history in the publishing field. Huh. Just so you know. It's a shame that we actually throw this stuff away when you think about it. Is it? Isn't it, though? Ugh. 
I mean, it almost seems like you shouldn't use use WaxRx.com because then you're just throwing away the good stuff. You're throwing away ink. Yes. Mm. And in this world where we need to be green and things need to be recyclable, mm-hmm. renewable, mm. why are we throwing away the earwax? California will be on that real soon. Exactly. Yes. I think you're absolutely right. So if you if you want to hate the planet, if you just if you want to go against the grain and do things, you know, that are really not going to help the printed world. Wait a minute. What happened to the printed world anyway? Go to usewaxrx.com and use promo code radio for free standard shipping, but it's not going to help you print out your manuscripts. Pat Gray Unleashed returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. And at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Fidgety Widget says uh, most of California's drought has been self-inflicted with politicians trying to save the smelt fish. So Bush's dream was wrong. Oh. Man and fish cannot live together peacefully. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, kaboom. A buttload of California turds are going to, unf- uh, are going to go unflushed. Uh, that's beautiful. Uh-huh. Uh, Big Daddy-O. No flushing in California. Is this why the streets of San Francisco are filled with human waste? And there you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sandy Williams on the uh, soccer player who wouldn't put on the LGBTQ jersey. Wonder if a professional sports team owner was a constitutionalist and had jerseys stating long live the Bill of Rights that he wanted his team to, re- to wear. What happens then? <laughs> None of them would wear it, I, I, I assume. Who knows? Uh, also, Bill Clinton wants you to know that he was a victim um, of Monica Lewinsky, I guess. This is amazing. In the scope of all of this Me Too stuff, Bill Clinton says that uh, he doesn't owe Monica Lewinsky an apology for hijacking her life and seducing her. And he says he's a victim because the legal fallout left him $16 million in debt. Well, they did a... And essentially, they did a GoFundMe page. They didn't have that at the time, but that's about what they did. They had do- they took donations to pay their legal fees, and then uh, they became hundred millionaires right after leaving the White House. So don't cry too many tears for Bill Clinton's sixteen million dollar legal fee. Eh, shut up! <laughs> I'm a victim here. I am a victim because I had to pay my legal fees to defend me against this horrible woman. I I, I love the whole uh, Clinton fiasco. First of all, listen to what he says about the Me Too movement, and he gets a little pissy with the uh, with the journalist asking him some questions here. One of the things that this this Me Too era has done, it's forced a, a lot of women uh, to speak out. One of those women, Monica Lewinsky, she wrote in an op-ed that the Me Too movement changed her view of sexual harassment. Quote, he was my boss. He was the most powerful man on the planet. He was 27 years my senior with enough life experience to know better. He was at the time at the pinnacle of his career while I was in my first job uh, out of college. And as he's asking this question, you just know that Bill Clinton is seething with rage. 
Yeah, who does this guy think he is? How dare you? Craig Melvin? How dare you? How dare you ask me this question about Monica Lewinsky? How dare you remind people that I was her boss? How dare you? Looking back on what happened then, through the lens of Me Too now, do you do you think differently or feel more responsibility? No, I felt terrible then. Mm. And I came to grips with it. Did and you ever apologize no, to and No, Yes, and nobody believes that I got out of that for free. I left the White House $16 million in debt. <laughs> oh, no. What a tragedy. But mm-hmm. you typically have ignored gaping facts. In describing this. Uh-huh. And I bet you don't even know them. This was litigated 20 years ago. Two thirds of the American people sided with me. They were not insensitive uh. to that. I had a sexual harassment policy when I was governor in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I had two women chiefs of staff when I was governor. Women were overrepresented in the attorney general's office in the 70s Over. for mm. their percentage in the bar. I've had mm-hmm. nothing but women leaders in my office since I left. So these are all excuses he's trying you to... You are giving mm-hmm. one side and omitting facts. Mr. President, I, I'm, not, so I'm not trying to present a side. I'm I don't not... know. I'm, you asked me if I agreed. The answer is no, I don't. And I, well, I asked if you'd ever apologized, and you said you had. I have. You've apologized to me. I apologize to everybody in the world. Now, except... Yeah, he apologized to everybody in the world, but he also uh, didn't really. Ap- Where is the apology to Monica Lewinsky? He says he made. I don't think I've ever heard it. Hmm. We'll have to look for that. Yeah, I'm doing that right now. I, I wonder if she said anything. I certainly do remember this comment about Monica Lewinsky. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say okay. this again. Yeah, please do. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, uh-huh. never. Okay. These allegations are false, <laughs> and I need to go back to work for, for the, the American, American people. people. I need to go back to work for the American people. You can tell how pissed off I am right now because I'm putting my thumb uh, at atop my, my index finger, and I'm pointing at you right now with it. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, because that's what I do when I get really hacked off. Indeed, I did have a relationship with Miss Lewinsky that oh, was wait. not appropriate. What? <laughs> I I love the power of the lie in the beginning. Yeah, lie boldly. Oh my gosh, <laughs> and he was a master at that. Uh-huh. In fact, I will never forget how I thought. Wow. Okay. Well, maybe he didn't. Even though I fully believed, firmly believed before this statement. He was he was absolutely guilty, and he had the affair with Monica Lewinsky. When he made that strong a denial, I thought, wow. I mean, nobody who has done something like that would be that bold about it, would they? He was. <laughs> he was. And then one year later, exactly, almost exactly one year later, uh, we hear that he did. Okay, I did not have sex with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. Okay, yes, I did. Yes, I did have. So I had a, uh, an inappropriate affair with her, uh, but it's not my fault. She seduced me, and I had to have extensive legal fees as a result. So we're supposed to feel sorry for him. The uh, what was he at the time? Fifty-seven-year-old, fifty-eight-year-old president of the United States having an affair with a twenty-one-year-old girl intern. He's, but he's the victim. Yeah, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, 
you know, to defend your right to stay in the uh, presidency of the United States. Oh, I'm so sorry. You yeah. Know. Yeah. And again, I mean, listen to the power here. Listen to the conviction he has. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. Okay. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Uh-huh. Miss right. Lewinsky. Powerful. I never told anybody to lie. Mm. Not a single time. Not a single never. time. Never. These allegations are false. Wow. And I need to go back to work for the American people. But then... Indeed, I did have a relationship with Miss Lewinsky <laughs> that was not appropriate. <laughs> so, pretty amazing stuff. Pretty amazing. Hmm. And for him to still, to continue, uh, to kind of blame everybody else... Uh, and not accept the responsibility himself, I think is absolutely pathetic. To try to claim that he was a victim here, uh, it's despicable. It is despicable. Yeah, just when you start to pine for the 90s again, you play those clips and you're like, yeah, okay, okay. that's it wasn't right. so great, it, it was it? It did suck after yeah, all. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 888-933-93. Uh, we got you in the fat with Jeffy coming up. Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. I can't hear anything, so I hear my microphone. Are we back? Welcome back, gentlemen. Oh, nice. <laughs> there we go. I hear music there. Oh, yeah. good. Nice. Mm-hmm. Here, here's your other music. You hear this? I am. This is under protest. What is? What, the elephant walk? or the? Yeah, what you, No, the elephant walk is fine. That was mm-hmm. voted on. But we, this whole Keith Pigwright's business is... No. Keith Pigwright's. I like it. No, I, I, I tell you what. Here you go. You're uh, absolutely right. Let me give this to Pat. Where I'm working it completely under where protest. he will use it more wisely than I, and not as judiciously. More judiciously, actually. I think. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Right. And I don't. You know, the the pig is fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just the people <clears throat> squeezing it that's the issue. Whoa. Where's the <laughs> okay. All right. <clears throat> so, what do you have for us today? Oh, this is kind of. You were playing a little Bill Clinton, but did you play? Did you see any of the interview on CBS Sunday morning uh, that with uh, Mo Rocca? Mo Rocca. Mo Rocca. Who is Mo Rocca? He is that the a, guy that was interviewing him in the first? No, couple that of was the no. Melvin guy. Oh, that was Melvin. No, Mo Rocca was on CBS morning. That's where I don't think I saw Mo Rocca. Was, I mean, first of all, the whole thing <clears throat> is just a book tour. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's got book. a book coming up. The Hawk in the Book with James Patterson. Oh, he's got he's got to pay for all those legal bills that we saddled him with. Right? Yeah, he's already Still. done that. I I believe that. Did that a long, I, I long think time this ago. proves my case that the uh, that the uh, foundation is broke. They got they're they're hurting for money. He's got to, he had to put this book deal together with Patterson. <laughs> Patterson's a big donor, big Democrat guy, loves him, mm-hmm. and said, you know, you can co-write this book with me. I'll put your name on it. The president is missing. 
And uh, I, I, I think this is it, helping them get some cash back. Maybe. Make them do a little living. And they made a big deal about uh, the book. Dennis Quaid is doing the audio version of it, playing Dennis the president. Quaid. Really? Playing the president, yeah. That's embarrassing for him. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't know why, but I kind of thought Dennis Quaid was somewhat conservative. Apparently not. I mean, huh? well, what? he's going to turn down doing reading uh, The President is Missing from James Patterson and Bill Clinton? I, I would, yeah. I'm not reading a Clinton book. You know, they're not going to ask me, but they're not going to ask any conservative to do that. Are they? I don't well, think so. It, first, name one that's worthy of doing it. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's not conservative. <laughs> it's Republican. Name one that can speak English. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I don't know. Uh, uh, I know. John, John Voight. John oh, yeah, there you go. They Boyd would not ask no, John Voight to do that. No, they would not. That's a good point. They yeah, would not. They would not. There are several other actors that are available that could do it. That mm-hmm. No way. Gary Oldman. Not a chance. They wouldn't ask Gary Oldman yeah, not a chance. to read a Clinton book. And yeah, he wouldn't no. say yes, I don't think. So probably not. Yeah, probably not. And anyway, it was just it was interesting uh, them talking. And, uh, you know, I know that uh, one of the lines from uh, uh, Patterson was that he couldn't believe that Trump was elected president, but he found a way. He found mm-hmm. a way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Bill was just mm-hmm. being Bill. It was a fascinating interview with being. You know, you think you think it wasn't that bad because it was so much worse under Obama and we've gone through so much since then. Yeah. And then you listen to him talk again and it's like, no, nah, it's pretty kinda bad. It comes back. Yeah, it comes back to you how much you couldn't stand that it guy. It kind of comes back. Well, yeah, he I was mean, terrible. He was a time, terrible president. At the time, I mean, he had a soft spot in my heart. Did he now? A little bit. Did he? Because he was dating a 21-year-old girl uh, uh, while he was married. A, um mm-hmm. I don't know what you call it, dating. Thank you, Jeffy. Um, B. Uh, <laughs> B, dating. B, That's probably a good point. B, he was uh, continuing to work at the time. I mean, it wasn't like he was taking time off. <laughs> He's multitasking, right? Thank you. Still running, still running the country. <laughs> You're making phone calls. We know that. <laughs> oh. So oh. silly. One of the things that I found. Made, he did make phone calls to the Chinese. Yes. <laughs> he helped them out. Yes, so, he did. That was great. Yes, he did. So yeah. maybe it was a bad thing. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Just a tad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the things I found fascinating, too, is I didn't realize that the CBS Sunday morning thing, hosted by Jane Pauley. Yeah, who knew did that? You, who knew? I did not know that. I did not know that either. I, I was like, what? Jane Pauley? I haven't seen her in a long time. She still looks fine. She's it's still no alive. Big deal. Right. I thought she was dead. I, Stop it. <laughs> no, you did not. No, I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Jane Polly's alive. I know she she looks good too. She looks fine. There's nothing wrong with her. Huh. She looked, she sounded great. It was just I was just amazed that there she is. Who am I thinking of? I'm, maybe I'm thinking of Jessica Savage because she's dead. Who's that? Jessica oh, Savage. You don't know Jessica Savage? What? Know. Off the top of my head. Mm-mm. Really? Wow. Okay. She died, I think in a in a car accident. Or so something. Um, this is Jessica Savage right there. Yeah. You, maybe you don't remember. Her. I do not. You don't. Wow. 1983. That's not her. So uh, <laughs> so that's why he doesn't remember her? That's not her? That's not her. Never mind. That's her. Uh, that's Geraldine Jessica's neighbor. Ferraro, but, but there's this is Jessica. <laughs> that wasn't right there. That's right what there. I was looking at. Yeah, yeah that's not her. Geraldine Ferraro. I know <laughs> what she I, looks like. I clicked on another photo. Oh, was, okay. So but part of the part of the CBS morning show uh, scroll that they have on their website shows Charles Kuralt. 
You remember Charles Correll? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm thinking. He's dead, oh, right? I, right. And okay. I'm thinking, why is he? They're still tying their, got their hooks into Corralt and he's been dead. He died back in 97. Wow. wow. Right? So I, I think, well, Corralt's dead. Man. How long ago did he die? So I click on his picture and it takes me to, you know, the Corralt stories and he's mm-hmm. 97. Well, then there's another story below that that I get looks, that I get sucked into about the family fighting over the other life of Charles Corral. So he had a second wife living in New York. He had kids from the first marriage, and he had a, a mistress that he was keeping in Montana with a bunch of property that he's that he lived with for years. So really? he was going back and forth. So once he died, Charles Corral. Once he died, they're all fighting for this property in Montana. Wow. I know, and he promised the mistress that he would give her the property. Uh, no, he didn't. The the will still goes to wife. But then what killed wow. it all was that before the wife was able to fight it, she died. So the kids are fighting for the property against this lady. And I get that. I guess officially they ended up with the kids getting some of the property. And the mistress getting the rest of it. It was just fascinating that wow. Charles Corralt is out. You know, Mr. On the Road again, Mr. All-American say, from CBS. Sunday mornings will never yeah, seem the Mr. same. <laughs> Mr. I'm All-American. Yep, I got the wife in New York and the mistress in Montana. Wow. Don't worry about it. The kids from the first marriage. We're all good. Wow. Amazing. It was just fascinating to me, that's all. Mm-hmm. We had the big um, earthquake uh, in Hawaii mm-hmm. uh, again. Uh, uh, they're just uh, storming. Hawaii desperately now. You got uh, the people Lava there? is cutting them off. Yeah. Uh, with uh, they're they're rescuing people now. Uh, Eighty-seven homes have been destroyed. Well, they told uh, them to get started. out, and they said no. Well, and now they're going to the airlift them. Well, here's the yeah. Well, are they? Are they? Because they said that uh, there were mandatory evacuations for some of those residents, and they said that if those mandatory evacuations, when they come to your house and say, "Hey, you got to get out," and you say no, they'll arrest you. And I would say, um, no, I'll no. die here. Thanks. No, you leave him alone. No. And you don't go back. And you don't go back. Right. You, that's what you do. You tell them, okay, if this you're not, is it we're now. not coming for you. If this, if things get really bad, thank you. We're this not is it now. putting other lives into danger. If you don't get out now, we're not coming for There's you. No okay, do you understand that? No airlift backup plan. Make right. sure they understand that. Yes. And, and then, then have you a wash nice your day. hands of it. I know. I I disagree with that. We're going to arrest Big you. time. All together, man. Big no time. way. You don't do that. This is my property. I'm staying. Right. Okay. Well, it's your choice. But you could die. You okay. could die. And yeah. you probably will. So yeah, just this, know that. In this case, you are, you will. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any question that their safety is desperately in need. And when you see the map, we had it on the Blaze TV. It is. It's a big chunk yeah, of the island is. now. It's not just a little. It's moving too. Corner. It's there. still look, moving. Uh, it's amazing. See, look, it's zoomed in there at the Blaze TV. But then look at the bottom right inset there. See that how the yeah. island there? That's like the bottom southeast corner there of the island. And they've already arrested uh, several people for uh, loitering in a disaster zone. So they must have been taking pictures and having fun and getting ready to do the eat lava challenge. I'm yeah, and, uh, I'm glad you said that. and uh, <laughs> no, you can't do that, kids. Get out of here. <laughs> but there have been, get this, 500 quakes in the summit area God. in the last 24 hours. Wow, in 24 hours? In the last 24 hours. Oof. 3.5 like is the largest. The whole island is just about to catch It seems I, like it's going to just blow. It does. Mm, the whole thing. Uh, I know. And then we had the big one in Guatemala. Oh yeah, uh, Which yesterday as well. More people than have died in the Hawaiian right. thing, right? Uh, a couple of dozen, and probably more. When I they don't start... think there's any lava coming out of that, right? It's just ash. Uh, there was some in the beginning, really. Yeah, there was some in the beginning because that's what killed them is that it came down so quick. The one side where mm-hmm. the one city was, but uh, oh yeah, charred bodies. Yeah, uh, but so there's going to be more than the 25 because uh, mm-hmm. you know they're still missing people that they're not sure of. 
but it came down so fast once it exploded down that one side of the mountain. And I don't, I don't know exactly what side it was, but there was a city, the closest city to it, got caught up too fast. It was moving too fast. Wow. Right. Uh, 25 people. So far. And yeah. 300 injured. Yeah. That's and, a lot. Yeah. The toll is climbing for those. Very sad. But, uh, you know. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, we had the story last week. I didn't even do it of the guy pulling the gun on people in Hawaii. Fired at him. Yeah. Fired in the, I mean, now, he when you watch the video, he fired, fired in up the in the air. Yeah. But he didn't still, want to hurt him. No, but he was trying to scare him. But still, mm-hmm. come on, man. What are you doing? Well, they were fighting. Crazy uh, bastard. There was some little disagreement between <laughs> yes, the two was. of them. And he didn't, he didn't want to get into a physical altercation with the guy. Yeah, you can deal with my gun. We're going to fight in, uh, I don't really want to fight fisticuffs, so here's mm-hmm. my gun. Yeah. <laughs> really funny. Uh, 2018 could be, we all know, is going to be a you know, record year for store closings. They've stored, closed a bunch already last year, and they've started to close some now. But U.S. mall vacancies are now hitting a six-year high. Uh, since uh, quarter one of 2018, they're getting, but now they're starting to get creative. Uh, given the struggles of the brick and mortars, there uh, one mall replaced a Macy's with a U-Haul. Uh, they're uh, repurposing malls as offices. Uh, operator Simon recently announced it's opening at least five Marriott hotels at its properties in the coming years. Uh, Pennsylvania uh, Real Estate Investment Trust intends to open up about ten thousand residential hotel units, residential and hotel units. Um, apartment in the mall? How about it? I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. Yeah, unless no. it's cheap enough. I still say they ought to have the uh, ESPN made the big deal on the drone races. They use the malls for the drone races. That's I mean, they didn't mm-hmm. call me. They didn't ask me. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that's what they mm-hmm. do. Nobody Give me wants my, to call my me. advice. And um, in Miami, coming up now, they're working on what's going to be the biggest mall uh, in the U.S. Wait a minute, somebody's actually building a mall now. Brand new, in, the biggest mall in the U.S. They still have a few. Uh, they still have a few little zoning issues, but mm. the plan is there, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be dubbed the American Dream. Bigger than the Mall of America, six million square feet. Oh wow! The mall will feature up to twelve hundred stores, as well as a number of other attractions, including restaurants, ice skating rink, water park. All the other malls can't simply become a destination mall like American Dream. Mm-hmm. And they're just trying to make it a destination. And so see, that's the opposite problem in mm-hmm. Minnesota, where it's too cold, you want to go indoors. Down there, it's too hot, you want to go indoors. Right. So, so maybe it'll work. Maybe. It might. It definitely could. There's no question about that. I mean, look, Florida's got a bunch of malls as it is. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I like that. And I'd rather have it inside mm-hmm. uh, than, uh, you know, even here in Texas, they they build these strip malls. Uh, you know the malls are fading. I've been to. I don't know if you've been to. There's a. There's only a couple of malls. In, well, they build town centers now. They build. Right. They build outdoor Which is okay. areas. It's a, okay. It's okay. But you're walking around. You're in the still heat. outside, mm-hmm. right? But they're popular. People love them because there's only a couple. There's there's a few malls left that are destinations in our neck of the woods of DFW, and there's several that have really gone downhill since we've moved here mm-hmm. in the last five or six years. I mean, downhill like, you know, we probably don't need to come here anymore. Yeah, uh, Store-wise, clientele-wise, all of it, the whole thing. It's just I, like there's nothing there. I don't remember the last time I went to a mall. I was going to say, Oof. what's a mall again? I, I haven't been to a mall in I don't know how long. I, maybe four years, five years. Hmm. We went to the Galleria. Uh, yeah, that's really nice. Shopping one time. And that was maybe five years ago. Wow. Yeah. 
It was a long time ago. There's a big one up in. Is that the one in Plano? No, that's the one in Dallas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a really big one up in Plano that's really really nice, and then uh, the outlet mall everybody oh. goes to, which is you know mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. it's a lot of stores. Yeah. Um, but there's a couple in uh, around not far from where we live that. No, thank you. Not anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fine. You yeah. run downhill, you stop spending money on it. Stores have closed. Eh, no thanks. Yeah. We're done. Mm-hmm. So good luck. Good luck. Uh, another great story about um, uh, civil asset forfeiture. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that today. Okay. Then I'll leave it for Holy you, the 64-year-old guy. Is, is, that, is this the one in the airport? Yes. Where they took his uh, $58,000? $58, yes. That is... Absolutely ridiculous. It's insanity. The guy's heading to uh, Albania. Albania. Where he's from, where he was originally from. Yeah. I mean, he's moved here to this, brought his family here yep. in 2010. Yeah. Or, I mean, in 2005, became citizens in 2010. So now he's an American citizen traveling mm-hmm. back to Albania to invest in a home that's there and uh, remodel some other things with the money he saved here in the U.S. from working. Mm-hmm. Oh, we uh, think it's possible that uh, you're carrying this illegal. I mean, it's possible that you were involved in smuggling, drug trafficking, or money laundering. And by the way, we they, don't have any proof of that. They know, yeah, they know that he wasn't involved in any of that. They yeah. know he wasn't because well, there's not, no evidence of it, right, at all, none, at zero. They just took his money. They just confiscated. There was no evidence at the time. His entire life savings is gone now, taken by the government, and they're trying desperately. Uh, to get it back. You have to affirmatively show you're not a criminal to get your own money back. It's you have to effectively prove is, a negative. It, it, it is so un-American. Uh, it's, it's hard to believe it can happen. And here. they finally gave him a sheet with the money they took from him, which was short. Now, he claims in his lawsuit. Well, they didn't give him the money. They just gave him uh, the record of right, it. Right, 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 right. Of what yeah. they took. Yeah, yeah. And which they said was short. Was, they said he had 57000 in there. There was like $700 not right. unaccounted for. Now he claims that, uh, I mean, his attorney, they claim that uh, that is uh, very common from really? the United States. That nobody gets the, uh, gets the amount they had. It's always, so let me get it's this always in favor of the U.S. An uh-huh. American citizen not allowed to travel with large, amount, large amounts of uh, legal tender, mm-hmm. but... Elected officials can partake lawfully in insider trading. Okay. So? Got it. Right. What's your problem with that? <laughs> Got it. America. It's absolutely it's unbelievable. I, I don't know what exactly Sick. to do, but something has got to be done about that. Yep. That is, that is un-American. And he's going to burn through all that money in legal defense. Oh, yeah. It's already gone. Absolutely. Forget that house you wanted to buy, man. Well, yeah, for, no, this, I mean, he, th- he's got to get that back and, and they've got to reimburse him for any legal fees. <laughs> they have to. I agree. But I, it's hope federal the government. I hope that's the case. I do too, but it's probably not going to happen. I mean, it's kind of like, uh, yeah. I mean, the government will say, Hey, we thought you were a criminal. Oh, sorry. You're not. Here's mm-hmm. your 57,000, not 58,000. And, uh, we're done. Yeah. So he's depending on the federal government to rule in his favor of getting more money back, getting that money back from the federal government and the right. legal expenses too. Good luck. <laughs> I know it's agonizing. And there was no reason for them to take the money from him in the first place. Oh, just because you've got cash on you, they're going to take it from you. And he had all the proper paperwork with the cash. If right. the story is correct, he had all, he, he had, had the, the documents receipts. from the bank, he which they the tell savings. you you're supposed to have. Yep. 
He had it all. They tell you you're supposed to have all of that if you're traveling with cash, or even if you have cash in a safe Mm -hmm. in your home or wherever you keep your cash. If you have the bank receipts, they tell you that's proof. Right. Is it? No. I guess not. They just took his money. I guess not. And then you just decide, well, we've searched you. We've cavity searched you. We've searched you again. We found nothing. There's nothing on your records. We've detained you. You've missed your flight. And you know what? We're going to keep the cash. Have a good day. It's this guy's life savings, too. It's everything they have had a nice in life. Day. Fifty-eight grand. That's criminal. Oh, that's a crime. Absolutely, uh, that's absolutely a crime. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't forget to uh, join us the Father's Day weekend for uh, mm. the Mercury One Museum. You giving a tour? Uh, I am giving a tour. Mm-hmm. A couple of them. You going to make it around the whole the building weekend. a couple times? Or are you going to get winded? There's or? golf carts still available. Okay. I might yeah, drive that through. Right. I, think. I looked. At, I looked at how they're building the museum here in the studios. Oh, it's going to be a tight squeeze, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> They're, I mean, they're doing a lot. I know. This I mean, going to be cool. We got like every employee that isn't on the air right now out here building stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, join absolutely. us for I'm that. Going you're going to have to do. No. All right. I got a, I got a great Father's Day gift idea for you. If uh, you have a gun at home for personal protection, uh, you need to try the iTarget Pro system. It's revolutionized home firearm training. And it, 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 your dad is going to love this gift or your husband uh, it utilizes his gun and a, and your smartphone and their app and then you have a laser in place of the bullet so Pretty that cool. bullets aren't going through walls really cool. and the laser detects exactly where your shots are landing on the iTarget Pro target so now you can practice home defense in your home and you can take advantage of uh, all the you know, different angles. You can maximize your tactical advantage. You can get really proficient with your gun where you may have to actually defend yourself and your family. And right now, you can save 10% with the offer code PAT when you buy the iTarget Pro system. So save money, save time, and find the fir- perfect Father's Day gift. Uh, so much better than socks or a tie. What else are you going to get him? Uh, it's the letter I, then targetpro.com. Offer code PAT. iTargetPro.com. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here. Welcome, 888-900-3393. Okay, so we were talking about uh, Bill Clinton because he is now claiming to be the victim. Somebody actually had the nerve to ask him over the weekend about, you know, how do you view the Monica Lewinsky thing now in the light of you, uh, uh, the whole Me Too movement? Yeah, I've never heard of this guy, Craig Melvin, but as somebody on Twitter points out at Pat Unleashed, um, Craig Melvin may end up on that uh, Clinton death list now. <laughs> yes. He's going to be number 146 or whatever Yeah, they said 144. That's what he said. That's so great. Nice. Uh, so I was I was wondering if he did. I don't remember him apologizing. Uh-huh. Apparently, Clinton did apologize to Lewinsky at a prayer breakfast. Oh. Uh, take a look at this. Let's see if he apologizes. I agree with those who have said that in my first statement after I testified, I was not contrite enough. I don't think there is a fancy way to say that I have sinned. It is important to me that everybody who has been hurt 
know that the sorrow I feel is genuine. Oh, I feel some of that right now. First and <laughs> most important, it. my family. Mm-hmm. Also, my friends, okay. my staff, my cabinet. Mm-hmm. Monica Lewinsky and her family. Uh-huh. And the American people. Uh-huh. I have asked all for their forgiveness. Okay. Yeah. But I believe yeah. that to be forgiven mm-hmm. more than sorrow yeah. is required. True. At least two more things. First, genuine repentance. Wow. And yes. determination to change uh-huh. and to repair breaches of my own making. How about that? I mean, that's okay. I can accept it. He lumped her in with everybody else, including the entire American people. At that time, probably 300 million, 280 million people. He did say. But he did lump her in with them. Well, and he also mm-hmm. said, I've asked all of those people for forgiveness. Yes, Which he did. would mean that he reached he, out to he Monica? He asked her for forgiveness. Did he now? Uh, if you believe him. I mean, I don't know. But he also said that you have to be more than con- contrite. You have to be repentant. Mm-hmm. You, you've got to stop this i mean he's right about that he actually he actually uh cited an actual religious principle there which kind of blows me away i, and, I don't yeah. remember any of that but good for him All and right. then as soon as that video I'll stopped that you remember apology. when the lightning bolt came through there in the west <laughs> no that's not what happened well because this i mean there's a lot of reports that he never stopped that behavior mm-hmm. that he kept going with uh with uh, with some fat chicks, well, uh, get the Energizer the, Bunny lady. Don't yeah, forget that. It just kept going. He just kept going, and uh, the babes just kept coming. So uh, one after another. Wow. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Pat Gray unleashed. So the summit is back on. If you haven't heard, it was it was on, then it was off, and it's back on again. Then I think it was off. A bad relationship, and now it's back on. Yeah, it's. I I mean it's kind of promising that it through it all, through all the talk and the rhetoric and the letters back and forth. Mm-hmm. It's on. Well, yeah, and, and I love how CNN today, I saw a graphic just a few minutes ago that said um, uh, this, this is going to be nothing more than a glorified meet and greet between Trump and Kim Jong-un. Uh, you know, how do you know? You don't know that. And, and I know. You and, don't know that. And that's, what, that's why these officials are getting together, why they're coming to the White House and stuff. They're laying the groundwork to make yeah, sure that right. the wishes of the president are going to be met so when he sits down, he isn't wasting his time. Exactly. And, I mean, they're making all the preparations for the hotel stays. Mm. And apparently North Korea's demanding that we pay for their hotel. And I guess we're <laughs> we're open to that, from what I understand, even though there's sanctions against that. We're trying to suspend the sanctions uh-huh. during the summit so that we can find a way to pay for the hotel. Now, he wants to stay in the Fullerton which, according to the story, is a magnificent neoclassical hotel near the mouth of the Singapore River where just one presidential suite costs more than $6,000 a night. I'm sorry, and he wants the mm. U.S. taxpayers to pay for this? Yeah, um, so I'm thinking we go through Priceline or Trivago. 
And uh, <laughs> right. I've, I've actually found some cheaper uh, possibilities okay, here. Hey, what are you, what are you um, getting? Other options than the 6,000 yeah, plus a night? There's some other options. What you uh, got? Surprisingly enough, we had, um, uh, we've got a nice stay at the Fragrance Hotel, the Ju Chiat, oh. for 53 bucks of a night. <laughs> a little cheaper. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, the Cam Lang Hotel, oh. $66 a night. A little bit nicer. Yeah, they've got the breakfast buffet, I think. But as it says, if you're on a budget, then this is definitely the place to go with the classic decor from <laughs> its restoration. You'll feel like you've gone back in time even before you visit the uh, Raffles Long Bar. I don't know that I want to go back in time <laughs> in Singapore. <laughs> but uh, is there a Holiday Inn or someplace? There's uh, the city in McKinsey, and that's only 57 bucks a night. Okay. You know? Okay. These are affordable options. Any places where they keep the light on for you? I mean, you're North Korea. You I'm looking just... for a Super 8 uh-huh. or a Motel 6. A place with potable and... water should be a step up for the North Korean yeah. visitors. I mean, <laughs> if you've got a working phone in the room, that should be great. <laughs> If you've got cable television, mm. I mean, that is like a dream come true for Kim Jong-un. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you have... Mm. $6,000 a night paid for by us? No. No. Mm. But we're, you know we're going to. Well, I didn't... didn't you know we're going didn't to. Didn't we ask Singapore to pay for that? And, which is probably going to yeah, be they, a wire transfer from us to them under the table. But they're, they're, That's one of the options they're trying to get done is that, okay, we've got these sanctions and the host country should probably spring for their hotel because I guess North Korea insists on this wherever they go. Okay, well. Because they're so cash poor. They can't afford the $6,000 a night. So you might think they might use Priceline mm-hmm. or Trivago, but they don't. Um, so they can't feed their people. But they can do, and and they can't afford a hotel room for the night. But they can afford a nuclear program. <laughs> <laughs> that that much is. Doable. I mean, if you say it like that, yeah, it sounds silly, it's doesn't like, wait it? Wait a minute, but... why why do they even need a hotel with a bathroom? He travels with his own little potty. So, well, wait, know. I thought he was a god, so he doesn't go to the bathroom. I thought that he and his dad didn't produce any waste. There you go. <laughs> so, I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. Uh, well, it remains to be seen, and my guess is we'll wind up paying for this, and nobody will ever mention it. And and it's six thousand for one presidential suite. How many people is is he bringing with him? Right, and they'll all stay in some palace, uh, you know, some room that is five six thousand a night, and it's going to be, I don't know, fifty thousand a night probably, and uh, they'll stay who knows five to ten nights. He's not bringing the cheer squad, is he? <laughs> he might be. He might be. <laughs> Uh, they did mention in the story that South Korea had to pay for all that. When North Korea went to the Olympics, South Korea paid for all that. They paid millions for the cheer squad and for... They actually even paid for the North Korean athletes who came. What? Is that amazing? I thought there was a thing called the Olympic Village. South Korea paid for all of it. All of it. Okay. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, they South Korea is always bending over backwards for North Korea always. and trying to make this thing work. They're desperately trying to, I mean, they want peace so badly, and I, I don't blame them. You know, they want the war to end. And that's what they're trying to, not only the denuclearizing of North Korea, but they also want the North and South to agree to a to a treaty that would end the Korean War officially, mm-hmm. which would be nice. And, you know, you could reduce tension that way across the demilitarized zone. And, uh, you know, 
it's kind of time, maybe after 60 some years. <laughs> yeah. Am I crazy for thinking yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> at maybe some it's point. time. Please. It's also time for the uh, 30-year-old guy to get his own place. He still hasn't done it. You know, the guy who got kicked out of his house by his parents, he wouldn't leave, and so the parents took him to court. Guy's 30 years old, doesn't have a job. He actually got $3,000 from Alex Jones when Alex Jones flew him out for the interview. And he used that to go to an Airbnb for a night or two. And then he was supposedly going to crash at his cousin's house. <laughs> so Ooh, he's still lucky. He's still not on his own. <laughs> and he actually uh, called the police because his parents wouldn't let him back into the house to find his eight year old's Legos that were supposedly in the basement. I'm so- <laughs> I wouldn't let him back in either. He and they're like, leave. I'll go look. The dad said, I'll go look for him. You wait out here. Uh-huh. Like, no. So he called the police. The kid, the 30-year-old kid. 30-year-old kid uh-huh. called the police. Police show up. And they're like, okay, sir, let us go down and look for the Legos. The police wasted their time going downstairs in the parents' house looking for Legos, which, by the way, they found. Oh, so, so happy ending. Yay. New, York's, New York's finest. Yeah. Doing quite a job a there, minute. finding Legos. This guy, this 30-year-old uh, freeloader? Yeah. He's procreated? He has an 8-year-old that lost Legos? Is that amazing? Yeah, he. I guess he was married at some point. And he lost custody of the child uh, at some point as well. So he doesn't what? have custody no. anymore. Uh, how does that happen? Hard to believe. I mean, New York this guy's State. guy's got so much on the ball. How yeah. did he lose custody of his child? Gosh, the parents, the father never gets the custody of the kid. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all it is. Just uh, discrimination. It's anti-father violence. It is man discrimination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the police did find the uh, son's Legos. Thank goodness. Uh, an irritated Rotundo, that's his name. Mm. I forget what Michael. Michael Rotundo. Yep. Uh, told the paper in Syracuse, this isn't a game show. I don't have to guess what's behind door number one. <laughs> Referring to his Legos. <laughs> <laughs> No, if it was just Legos behind door number one, yeah. that wouldn't be much of a prize, uh, Michael. <laughs> so he stuffed his station wagon with his belongings, mm. called the police on his dad over the Legos, and uh, ran, <laughs> tried to peel out you know, and make a big exit. Oh, wait, only a station but wagon can do. Sadly, he ran into some car trouble. His car, <laughs> which has a broken coolant system, oh, no. took a few tries to even start up. During his car trouble, he told reporters he said goodbye more or less to his parents before jumping into his rumbling station wagon and uh, clanking down the road in it. Mm. said, I got to go before this thing blows up. <laughs> wow. I wonder how, how far can he stretch that three grand Alex Jones gave him? I hope a long way. These expenses are <clears throat> piling up already. It's called the real world. Welcome to it, Michael. So after a brief stint at a Syracuse Airbnb, mm-hmm. which he's using the 3000 bucks for. Yeah. Then he'll be off to uh, hang out with a distant cousin. Oh, boy. That cousin is in for a treat. I don't know. Is, is this a cousin? Is that why they have her picture? No, there? I don't think so. No? Okay. Printed up weird. Um, so that's an update. That's the update on Michael Rotundo. Uh, also, we were talking about this with Jeffy a little while ago. The, uh, the civil asset forfeiture thing Ooh, gosh. is so anti-American as I... I it's hard to believe this even exists. Now, I know they tried to 
this law intended to be used against drug dealers. So if you, for instance, found a drug dealer along the border, obvious drug dealers, where maybe you find some drugs and some cash in their car, and you've got $500,000 cash, you think, okay, this is being used for, uh, this is drug money. Mm -hmm. These guys are smugglers. And they could they could confiscate that until you know such time as you've had your trial and whatever else. And if you if you're found guilty, then you lose that money. It wasn't supposed to be used against American citizens who just happened to have cash on them. It happened to a family that was crossing Texas, and uh, they were they were driving through Texas and they were going to buy a car or something here. Hmm. And then they were going to drive it back, and they were going to pay cash for the car. They were pulled over for whatever reason by uh, Texas state troopers who found their 30, I think it was $37,000. They confiscated it. They never got it back. Months and months and months later, they're still trying to battle these guys in court, trying to get their money back. Now, members of an immigrant family in Ohio say U.S. Customs and Border Protection seized $58,100 of their life savings. Rustem Kazazi, who was headed back to his native Albania to visit relatives in October, uh, filed a claim this week in Ohio against the agency. The suit alleges Customs and Border Protection used civil forfeiture laws to take their money without arresting or charging anyone with any crime. Wow. How can you do that in the United States of America? Because Ozzy was just planning to spend six months in Albania, and he was going to buy a vacation home for retirement on the Adriatic coast. He also wanted to help members of his extended family who are struggling, he said, to make the transactions easier and avoid bank fees. He took his family's life savings in cash, packed it in a carry-on bag, and brought it with him to the airport. He counted the cash several times, separated it into three different stacks, one stack of 20000 the other of about 19000 each. And then after counting it, counting it again, he labeled each stack with the amount it contained, then put all three stacks into one envelope and wrote 58100 on the outside. Well, the TSA spotted the money as it was going through security. They're like, hey, there's a lot of cash in there. Let's take that from him. Yeah, we're not going home with just somebody's shampoo tonight. (laughs) And they didn't. They took it. They interrogated him without a translator. The guy barely speaks English. And seized his family's life savings. Didn't charge anyone with anything. Just took his money. Later, the agents gave Kazazi a receipt for an unspecified amount of U.S. currency. Oh, my god! Okay, here's a, here's a receipt. Oh, we know you had U.S. currency oh, on you. Oh, it says IOU, but it doesn't have the amount on it. Yeah, it's, well, we owe you your U.S. currency. We'll pay you in U.S. But money. But I have $58,100. Yeah, we're going to give you $1.59. That's U.S. currency. I know. That's... <laughs> I mean, that's what they could do. So in December, this happened in October, in December, customs... Uh, sent him a notice saying agents seized the cash because it was, quote, involved in a smuggling, drug trafficking, money laundering operation. What? The agency said they seized $57,330, 770 less than he was carrying. And apparently that's very common where, you know, somebody just takes off with some of the money. 
The family said the allegations are baseless and holding the money is breaking the law. Because they did nothing wrong, uh, the government had to make, make something up. That's why more than a month after the seizure, CBP tried to justify its actions. <clears throat> According to the Institute for Justice, who is fighting for this family, thank goodness, they say none of this is true. The Kazazis saved up their money from jobs they held lawfully in America. They have 13 years of tax documents and bank statements mm-hmm. to prove it. Good. Moreover, the government has never pointed to any evidence of wrongdoing. It's just unbelievable. It's heart-wrenching that this is going on to some poor immigrant family and and that this is happening to our great nation. Our founders would be spinning like lathes in their graves right now. Absolutely livid. I mean, this is so anti-American. And now they've got to depend on the system that screwed them over in the first place. Aren't you glad you immigrated? Mm-mm. Good stuff. It's unbelievable. It, and I, I don't know what you do about it. You're battling the government, and it's the government who did, did you wrong in the first place. So how does that work? Now we're, we're petitioning the government to be nice to us and give us back the money that they took in the first place. It's, it's an almost impossible task. And they say, well, we took it because that was uh, money laundering. Well, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. Where's your evidence? We don't have to give you any because of civil asset forfeiture laws. That's got to be changed. Something's got to be done about this law. And Trump's on board with it. Remember he had that sheriff in the office uh, yeah, a while back? Yeah, I remember back? that. He's like, yeah, we need to make it easier for you guys to take people's no. stuff. No. Can you imagine? We're already having this thing so badly abused that several American families have had their life savings stolen from them by the U.S. government. Ugh. All right. Um, if you've had a bad experience with a realtor in the past, um, we can help. A lot of people have had bad experiences with realtors and have lost money on their house. Their houses sat on the market for a long time, and then you can't help but lose money because people know you're desperate. You, if it's on there, if it's on the market for six months or eight months or a year or two years, like Glenn and Tanya's house was in Connecticut, well, they know they can they can take you to the cleaners. That's why we put together Real Estate Agents I Trust. It's a network of over, over 1,200 agents across the country. And they've been rigorously qualified by Glenn's team based on experience, marketing plans, their character, and what kind of results do they get for their clients. Really important. And they're also fans of Glenn's show. And they share his values and yours. So you've got that in common. So if you're trying to sell your house, obviously, you want to get the most money out of it. You want to sell it really fast. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. We'll introduce you to the best agent agent in your town. Realestateagentsitrust.com. You're listening to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Returns on the Blaze Radio Network. To say that uh, some journalists love Barack Obama uh, would be maybe the biggest understatement ever made. 
some of these journalists actually, I think almost, and maybe beyond almost, they worship the guy. Did you read Maureen Dowd's article over the weekend on Barack Obama? I did not. Oh, boy. <clears throat> yeah, he's, uh, you know what the problem was with Barack Obama? What's that? He's, he's too good for us. For I'm sorry? Little, for the little people in this country, the terrible people, <laughs> the despicables. He's, he's too good for us. Okay. Any of us. Uh, she writes, it was a moment of peak Spock. They love to call him Spock because he's so logical. He's oh. so reasonable. He wasn't ideological. He was pragmatic and logical. Uh-huh. Guy's a stinking communist. Stop it. <laughs> Hours after the globe-rattling election of a man whom Barack Obama has total disdain for, a toon, like cartoon, mm. who, who would take a chainsaw to the former's, former president's legacy on policy and decency, Obama sent a message to his advisor, Ben Rhodes, Quote, there are more stars in the sky than grains of sand on the earth. Unquote. <laughs> so, and, per- Dowd writes, perhaps Obama should have used a different line. Yeah, because that didn't make any sense. <laughs> it made no sense, Maureen. Uh, should have used a different line with a celestial theme by Shakespeare. The fault, dear Brutus, is not in our stars, but in ourselves. Yeah, that would have worked. As president, Obama always found us wanting. We were constantly disappointing him. He would tell us the right thing to do and then sigh and purse his lips when his instructions were just not followed. If only we would have listened to this man, this godlike man. Shortly after Trump was elected, Rhodes writes in his new book, The World As It Is, Obama asked his aides... What if we were wrong? However, in his next breath, the president made it clear that what he meant was, what if we were wrong in being so right? (laughs) What What if we were too good for these people? Uh Uh-huh. Wow. Uh, He didn't think much of himself, did he? No, no. I mean, you gotta, listen. Unbelievable, He's like a god. So well, yeah, he's I above mean, us. He's he's like uh, beyond us. So I mean, <laughs> uh, he said maybe we push too far. Maybe people just want to fall back into their tribe. No, maybe we just want to be capitalists and not Marxists. How about that? Maybe we don't want socialism, douche. Maybe that's what Americans don't want. We rejected you and your socialist policies. How about that? Maybe we didn't want an unworkable system that has bankrupted nation after nation and brought them down into oppression. But Dowd continues. So really, he's not acknowledging any flaws. That's for sure. But simply wondering if we were even more benighted than he thought. He says that sadly, we were not enlightened enough for the momentous changes wrought by the smartest people in the world or even evolved enough for the first African-American president. Obama mused to his aides, sometimes I wonder whether I was 10 or 20 years too early. Oh, if only. We only had some time to to Mm. see you coming. Uh, I, you know, he's so far ahead of his time. I think more like 10 or 20 centuries beyond us. That's how evolved he is. Mm -hmm. We just weren't ready. Here's what Dowd writes in the next sentence. This is unbelievable. 
we we just weren't ready for his amazing awesomeness. <laughs> Wait, did she, she actually, actually write amazing wrote those words in her opinion piece? We just weren't ready for his amazing awesomeness. Did like a ninth it, grader get if, a hold yeah. of her? I mean, did you have a crush? In? Are you writing Barack in your notebook at <laughs> study hall all day long with hearts surrounding it? <laughs> I heart Barack. She writes, it is stunning to me, having been on the road with Barack Obama in the giddy, evanescent days of 2008, that he does not understand his own historic rise to power, how he defied impossible odds and gleefully leapt over obstacles. He did it by sparking hope in many Americans. (laughs) After all the deceptions and squandered blood and money of the Bush-Cheney era, that he was going to give people a better future, something honest and cool and modern. Wow. I mean, she if, if you started the Barack Obama church, <laughs> she would be your first congregant, your first <laughs> worshiper. <laughs> I, good gross. golly, this is unbelievable. It's gross. It's despicable. How many un-American things can we discuss today that are happening in America? I don't know. This I mean, it's been a fun. It's embarrassing. <laughs> it's yes. it, how do you write this and then push publish? How do you do that? <laughs> I know. That is nuts. The hunger for revolutionary change, the fear that some people were being left behind in America and that no one in Washington cared, was an animating force. At the boisterous rallies for Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders, yet Obama, who had surfed a boisterous wave into the Oval Office, ignored the restiveness. Here and around the world, he threw his weight behind the most status quo elitist candidate, meaning uh, Hillary Clinton in the uh, last election. But then um, uh, he was just—he was just too good for the Hillary campaign, too. So he was too powerful. He right. was too wonderful. He was too awesome. There was too much amazing awesomeness. Wait, so she uses the word restiveness? Yes. But she also uses the phrase amazingly awesome? <laughs> what in the world? Uh, <sighs> it's, like a, it's like a John Roberts ruling on Obamacare. I'm telling you, it's it's embarrassing. It's freaking embarrassing. Yeah. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Unleashed. Uh, this rapturous Obama article for Maureen Dowd, just amazing. Where are the next Barack Obamas? She wonders. Obama had never been about party building. He was the man alone in the arena, even though he could make magic. Like the time he sang Amazing Grace at a funeral for black parishioners murdered by a white supremacist in South Carolina. Obama did not like persuading people to do what they didn't want to do. Really? (laughs) That's why he forced us into buying health care we didn't want? Wait, what? Wow. I mean, that's just a stupid statement. Please, that's insulting uh, me. 
And that is the definition of politics. He wanted them simply to do what he had ascertained to be right. Yeah, well, because he knew it. He's smarter. He's he's more righteous than everyone. Isn't that the entire progressive agenda? They're better than us. Mm -hmm. They're way better than us. They're like gods in comparison to us. That's why they know what we should be doing. You don't know what's best for you and your family. Barack Obama did. And he still does. And if you elect his wife, maybe he can tell her what to do in the next uh, administration, 2020. <laughs> it's just, this is amazing. One kind of interesting aside at the end um, that doesn't have to do with Obama's godhood. But <laughs> you realized, I think, on election day that the writing was on the wall. Because the Clinton-Hillary's campaign asked Obama the day before the election, to go to Pennsylvania and Michigan and campaign for them. A state he won by 10 points in 2012. Wow. And his response was, Michigan? Oof, that's not good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So he knew Hillary was in trouble. Wow. Uh, Big, big trouble. Uh, But here's the kind of thing that Barack Obama did to us. In the Barack Obama era... The FAA hiring rules placed air traffic control diversity over any kind of safety and experience. What? Uh, For decades, the FAA has had pretty tight rules about who to hire for for traffic controllers. Why? Because, you know, it's sort of important to make sure all the planes come in. Without running into each other. You're going to stand by that statement? Um, That's yeah, bold, I, I know man. I'm going way out on a limb there. Huh? But, um, yeah, it could cost hundreds or thousands of lives. But a new report reveals the Obama administration modified the FAA's candidate selection process to value workplace diversity over competence, experience, and skill. <laughs> wow. <laughs> But keep in mind, just an ideologue, a Dr. Spock kind of guy, mm-hmm. logical. He didn't, he didn't care about ideology. He just wanted things to, uh, you know, be reasonable I mean, this and right logical. Here, yeah, is amazing awesomeness. Oh, right? Mm-hmm. Thank you for using that term. Mm-hmm. I, I hope you will credit uh, Maureen Dowd for it every time you use it, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to uh, Tucker Carlson, due to changes implemented during the Obama administration, air traffic controller candidates are now required to complete a biographical questionnaire before even being considered for a job at the FAA. So we have to know what neighborhood they came from, what their ethnicity, you know, religious things, sexual preference, I suppose. If they don't pass, they're not even considered for a job, no matter (laughs) how much experience they have, no Uh matter how qualified they are. Or as Sean in the other room just told me in my ear, they want to know where your grandma stay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, Fox News obtained a copy of the questionnaire and how it's scored. Uh, candidates whose worst subject in high school was science and candidates who are unemployed received the most points possible on the test. In contrast, licensed pilots and those with extensive air traffic control knowledge are not highly scored. Why would you if you if you're an experienced air traffic controller? Uh, they hired less experienced candidates and put millions of lives at risk. 
Why did they make the changes? Eh, because Barack Obama wanted diversity at the FAA. <laughs> he decided that uh, he determined that the, uh, well, he didn't. The National Black Coalition of Federal Aviation Employees determined that the workforce was too white. So they started a concerted effort through the, the Department of Transportation in the Obama administration to change that. You can't have all kinds of white air traffic controllers. Sure, they might have more experience. Sure, they might be better qualified. But they're white. <laughs> this is the same administration that uh, made NASA an outreach program to <clears throat> Muslim nations. Yeah, exactly. Make them feel good about themselves. Yeah, that's NASA's, seems like it was their main priority was to make Muslims feel good about themselves. It's hard to believe that that was policy. Um, And it actually was publicized that that was policy. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, this this story, they kept under wraps until they were out of office. The other, not so much. Not so much. Mm, mm, mm. Um. Meanwhile, the other things we're focused on now is how racist this particular president is and and his supporters. And uh, there's no double standard in, in the media whatsoever. We all know that. Uh, Megan Kelly, has she been NBCified or what? Hmm. Now, she was talking about how, yeah, Samantha Bee might have said some bad things, but It's also the height of hypocrisy for the Trump White House to be saying things. Uh, Take a look at what she had to say. I I know that these the media writers and so on, there's definitely a double standard when the woman under attack is a Republican versus a Democrat. And it shouldn't be. But it's also the height of hypocrisy for the Trump White House to be saying there's a double standard (laughs) when it comes to like they're upset about a sexist, crude remark. The Trump White House? Yes. Like, are they Yay. kidding? Donald Trump is the president. And as you, as you know, Megan, you know, Ted Nugent called Hillary Clinton the same C word, and he was invited to the White House and took a photo with the president. And so and I don't think they that. have any legs to stand on. I, I, I looked Donald Trump in the eye. You, you did. And listed just a small sampling of right. his sexist remarks about right. women at that presidential mm-hmm. debate. And his response to me famously was, what I say is what I say. And we've gotten two PC in this country. And that resonated with many people. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Mm-hmm. So that excuses Samantha but B. That excuses Samantha B, I mm-hmm. guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Chuck Todd over the weekend had to excuse Samantha B as well. It's not her fault. Let's find out whose fault it really is. According to Chuck. But at the end of the day, I mean, I, you know, it's like, you keep, how is it that the president is not responsible for this tone? Like, you know, it, it, you can't help but say it starts at the top. What? He regularly berates and mocks the looks of any of us. I, I've been one, you know. Uh, okay. And so, so when he when he expresses, I can't believe they said that about me. It's hard to feel sorry for him. So Donald Trump, who's supposedly so right wing is responsible for extreme left-wing Samantha B in her statements. She's following the president's lead on this? Really? And remember, Come they on. attacked his daughter. I thought first families were off limits. I, right. Right? I thought you right. couldn't say anything about the president's children, no matter what their age was, right? I mean... Jeez. I, Melania, uh, Malia is probably what? 20 by now? 21 maybe? Imagine if somebody called her the C-word. Oh, 
Imagine what would happen to them. And you know what? Would they be on TV ever again? No way. And we would no way. We would be we would be just as upset with that. Oh my gosh, yes. <sighs> if Sasha and Malia and or Malia were called anything like that, ah, <laughs> uh, you you'd have death threats for the for whoever said it, and they might be killed. I don't know. Yeah, no kidding. Just amazing. Now, Barack Obama never did anything like this in in the office. There was no way that Barack Obama had anything to do with what his detractors said about him. He wasn't responsible for any of the harsh rhetoric, even though he didn't have any evidence and started calling white cops stupid uh, when he said this about the police. I don't know, not having been there and not seeing all the facts, didn't see what all the role facts. race played in that. We're there. But, but I think it's fair to say, number one, uh-huh. any of us would be pretty angry. Okay. Number two, that the <laughs> that... Cambridge police uh, acted stupidly. <laughs> okay. I don't have any of the facts. I wasn't there. I've got no knowledge. But obviously, these white cops acted stupidly. Huh. That didn't set the tone for anybody to do. Hmm. Anything outrageous? What do you mean? And neither did this comment uh, <laughs> set the tone for any kind of racism. She is a uh, uh, typical, typical white, white person, person who, who uh, you know, you know if, if she sees somebody on the street scares her that she doesn't know, yeah, black you person. know, there's a reaction that's been bred into. They've been bred into uh, it. Oh man, our experiences. Our experiences. He caught himself there when he went into the. <laughs> there's a reaction that's been bred into her, uh, our experiences. Uh huh. Yeah, I better clu- include myself in that because, but it didn't matter. It wouldn't have mattered. He could have said bred into her specifically, and there would have been still a lack of fallout. Nobody cared about that. That didn't set the tone for any kind of racial animus in our country, even though. The race relations after Barack Obama got a lot worse. Is there any doubt in anybody's mind that that's the case? And you never, ever hear anyone in the media go, Never. I'll tell you, boy, th- th- this increase in violence against our police, I, I think uh, you could trace it back to early in the Obama administration when he called the Cambridge, Massachusetts police stupid. I think from that point in time, gosh. we've seen an uptick in violence, and that's uh, that's uh-huh. some tone and some some actions that have been happening in this country that are attributed to him. And that would be a heck of a lot more reasonable statement than the ones they're making now. I mean, for Chuck Todd to say, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, it's like... How is it that the president is not responsible for this tone? He can't even think of how the president isn't responsible for the tone. (laughs) As if everything was beautiful and pristine and wonderful until Donald Trump was elected and then people went to hell. I mean, this was a peaceful... Oh, um, everybody loved one another. every day. Nobody was at odds with anybody else. Right. And then that jerk came along and ruined the, the utopia that Obama left behind. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and Barack Obama pointing out typical white people, that's just something that needed to be said. Sure. Am I right? Right. He just had to say that. Right. Of course, there's typical white people who do typical things. And there's a reaction that's been bred into them to be afraid of black people. Because <laughs> racism is just bred into them. It's inbred in that... In that entire race of icky people. That, that's what it is. I see black people. 
so frightened are mm-hmm. we to ever see a black person as a whitey you know uh we can't be subjected to that yeah. and it, we, we're so we're so frightened we hate black people so much as a society mm-hmm. that we elected one to be our president twice <laughs> right oh shut up <laughs> just shut up but then we found out about his amazing awesomeness <laughs> jeez <laughs> All right, let me give you some good news. If you've been struggling to lose weight and you haven't been real successful at it, and maybe you've gotten to that age, you know, 40s, 50s, where it's even tougher than it used to be to lose weight. It's a real struggle. Uh, that's where Riduzone can help. With proper nutrition, diet, and exercise, Riduzone helps you lose weight, and more important, helps you keep the weight off. There's nothing more frustrating than losing 15, 20, 40 pounds, whatever. And then, you know, six months down the road, you find out, well, I just gained them all back. And then you do it again. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a seesaw. It's a roller coaster ride. And it's a merry-go-round. You just keep going around in that circle. But Riduzone is a safe, natural, FDA-acknowledged dietary supplement that can help you break that style, that cycle. Riduzone has taken the good stuff in olive oil, and they created this patented product that contains OEA. OEA has been shown in studies to boost your metabolism and reduce your appetite. So that helps a lot. If you're in this cycle and you just can't seem to break it, order Riduzone today at riduzone.com. Enter the promo code PAT, and you'll get 30% off a three-month supply. Riduzone.com, promo code PAT. For 30% off a three-month supply. Pat Gray. Unleashed. The Blaze Radio Network. returns uh-huh hey welcome in a world gone mad uh the daily caller did a little survey uh walking the streets of washington dc <clears throat> last week they asked passers-by hey if you had a choice who would you rather date a donald trump supporter or a member of the MS-13 brutal, vicious Central American gang. (laughs) And uh, uh, here's what happened. We want to know, would you rather date a Trump supporter or an MS-13 gang member? I'm Julianista. And I'm Stephanie Hamill. We're with The Daily Caller, and we're going to go find out. Okay. Very hip music. Which one would you date? An MS-13 gang member or a Trump supporter? Oh, gang member. Give it a gang member. <laughs> so I'm going to go MS-13. <sighs> yeah, probably MS-13 member. MS-13. Yeah. MS-13, all the way. Neither. Unreal. I'll stay single. It's embarrassing that I don't know what an MS-13 gang member is. Uh, Can someone is tell me what that is? Sure. I'm not going to date either of them, I don't think. Uh, I guess a Trump supporter, because um, I guess... At least they stand for something. MS-13. Why? Why One, MS-13? One Because I lived in Bolivia, so I understand a little bit of the culture. <laughs> not for the Trump supporters. No. no. I mean, your choice is your choice, but not for me. What okay. if uh-huh. it was Kylie? Ooh, what sauce are you on? 
Uh, still not a Trump supporter, but probably uh, MS-13 gang member. Yeah, a lot of Trump supporters were probably raised by rich white dads and people with lots yeah, and lots probably. of money, and they, they're bred into being Trump supporters. Oh. I'm from Connecticut, and I can tell you 80% of the girls in high Obama? school would say that they were Republican when they were in high school because their dads were rich white dads, and they had no idea what Republican even meant. Yeah, we're in good hands with the coming generation. We're in good hands. You're, wait, you sound to me like if I didn't know better, uh-huh. it sounds like you're being facetious. Huh. I mean, you're saying that no, we... No, I'm saying we're in good hands. We're in good... Yeah, okay. I just yeah. want to make sure that you believe that. Cause you remember the, sound the like commercial, it. you're in good hands with Allstate? Sure. We're, we're in good hands with the coming generation. Well, I got news for you, Pat. Mm -hmm. The the coming generation, Mm -hmm. uh, they're here. Yeah, they are. I know. I know. And we're trying to lower the voting age for them so they can vote even earlier. Yeah, let's get them in here sooner. Let's do that. Let's expand that tent. (laughs) That's going to help a lot, I think. Uh, Oof. Scary times a-coming. You know, it might have been helpful if they would have shown maybe some photos of MS-13 gang members and then show a Trump supporter, maybe. I I don't know. You know, because the MS-13 gang members Mm -hmm. are kind of notable in that uh, they tat themselves up a lot. Like, which is on the arms. Like arms, backs, Mm -hmm. chest, legs, feet, hands, neck, face, head. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They tattoo every part of their body. Even the elbow? Yeah. Wow. Especially their elbow. Well, yeah, but if you hold up a picture to these folks that you just talked to uh, of a yeah. Trump supporter and one of these fine young gentlemen. Fine, upstanding young gentlemen. They would say, oh, but look, they're so artsy. Yes. So I they mean, have some culture. Dig that a lot. Mm. And the fact that they slice people's heads off. I mean, wow. how often do you get to date a person like that? Not that often. Yeah, that's called skill. Yeah. And they got them. <laughs> Plus, they're taking action. They're doing things they believe in. Also, over the weekend, the whole Melania controversy sort of got worse. <laughs> <coughs> yes. This is, there was like a conspiracy that Melania, she hasn't been seen publicly mm-hmm. since May 10th, and cool. it is now June 4th. It's almost a month now. Wow. <clears throat> so the, a story came out that she's also not going to, with her husband, the president, to Canada or Singapore. So she's not going to either of these trips. And normally, you know, the first lady accompanies her husband mm-hmm. on on these uh, kind of excursions. And they gave no reason for why she's not doing that. So that adds just to more speculation. Uh, and so there was a tweet that went out that sounded nothing like what Melania might say. It sounded a little bit like what uh, Donald Trump might say as Melania. So a lot of people are speculating she didn't write the tweet. Hmm. And so if they're if they're even tweeting on her or on her behalf, it just kind of fuels the fire here. You know what? At this point, Melania, um, would you please just have a picture taken and tweet it out of you holding up today's newspaper? <laughs> I mean, seriously, <laughs> it's almost to that point. I want to see the Washington Times in your hands. It's it's hard to believe there's not at least some kind of problem between she and President Trump. 
isn't it? Yeah, and, and I, mean, I think we can maybe, totally understand that too. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it does seem like there may be an issue there. I don't know. I don't know. And maybe it doesn't matter because he doesn't legislate based on his relationship with his wife. Mm-mm. It doesn't. And, and we're not looking for the husband in chief. Mm-mm. We're not. We're not looking for the pastor in chief. We no. want a commander in chief. Thank you. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Interior Secretary Zinke says that uh, he's ordered the park police and rangers to the Mexican border. Calling the border with Mexico an environmental disaster, Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke has ordered both U.S. park rangers and park police to Arizona and New Mexico to help stop the movement of illegal immigrants into the country. At first, the reinforcements include about two dozen agents uh, trying to secure the border in those federal areas and apprehending illegals as part of President Trump's stricter border enforcement An estimated 40% of that border involves federal lands, mainly under interior jurisdiction. Unlike the National Guardsmen, who were also dispatched earlier this year to beef up enforcement, the park rangers and law enforcement agents uh, do have the authority to make arrests. So the National Guards are there, but they can't, you know, they got to call the border agents if they want to arrest anybody. Wow, it sounds like Trump is actually... Sending down as many people as he can think of to help with this problem. Yeah, it does. Hmm. Attorney General uh, Jeff Sessions said last month, if you cross the border unlawfully, then we will prosecute you. It's that simple. And now they're sending people who can help them back up that claim. Hmm. Well, good. Good. Now just build the wall and make Mexico pay for it. And uh, then what happens? That, well, then everything will be Shangri-La. And what will you It'll do? It'll be beautiful. What will you do, Pat? Well, if he builds 90% of it, mm-hmm. I will eat my underwear. Wow. Eat my underwear if it happens. So we got that going for yeah, us. Yeah, don't get out the underwear recipe book <laughs> just yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.